Hello everyone and welcome back to the Long Play Club for Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. This is part 3. I'm your host Christian Buckley, codename Panther. Joining me as always for the Long Play Club is Jack Martin, codename Pigeon. Ooh, good, to be, good. good to be here. Did you practice that? Uh, I can just do lots of strange things with my mouth and tongue. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I did. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Do an elephant. I was going to say that, yeah. I can't do an elephant. Damn. I wish I could. <laughs> can, you do, um, can you do the SpongeBob dolphin noise? No. <laughs> uh, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I feel like I could do these noises if I had ample time to practice. All right, you have a week. All right. You need that Batman prep time. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. That's the thing. I always explain, like, when I do the water drop noise, I always... And everyone's like, how did you learn to do that? And I said, well, I had to climb this mountain. I had to pick <laughs> this flower. I had to go to this shadowy organization, mm. and mm. and they fed me these these weird things, and I had to you know do mm. these things. I described Batman Begins. Yeah. That's how I learned how to do it. Very mm. nice. Mm. Uh, you've heard him already, Kevin Diaz, codenamed Scorpion. How are you? Oh, what does a scorpion make? Like, like type type B. I've lived in Arizona for the majority of my life, and I've never had to like one v one a scorpion yet. You know what? Not I thought that was the whole thing. Yeah, you would think it's very common, but it's really not. It's really not. They're 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 pretty easy to avoid. You know, they're terrifying. they definitely exist, but I've never had to one be one a scorpion though. Is never. scorpion candy a thing, or is that just for tourists? Yeah, no, that's a thing. It's not like like just chilling at like your local look like store, or whatever. Okay. Like uh, in the aisle. Of, no, it's they they are there. They're disgusting. I would never ever no. I'm I'm good with that. Y you mean the like candy where the scorpion's like frozen in the yeah. center, right? Like Jurassic yeah. Park style. Yeah, those exist. I am not purchasing them. No, fair enough. Absolutely not. Good no. choice. Rounding out the long play club, Omar Nakvi, codenamed Jaguar. I got the Jag, baby. Uh, <laughs> Damn. We all gotta we all gotta do a, a watch through of Austin Powers. We totally do. There was some more of this episode. I thought of Austin Powers. I think. How uh, many are there? Four. Three. Three. Hopefully a four someday. Yeah. Three. It's the perfect trilogy. Mm. Mm. Now, speaking of Austin Powers, Jack, are you the one that owns the Game Boy game? No, I wish. I, I could have, have sworn no clue what you're that about. you had like three Game Boy games and one of them was an Austin Powers game. I used to have a fridge maggot, ma magnet that had, you would press it and Dr. Evil, or was it Dr. Evil would say, show me the money. And it was very amazing. Very nice. This week, we're continuing Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. Last week, we left off with a new single mission, Go Meet Big Mama. I forget how it was phrased specifically, but we will get to that because before we dive into Act 3, Third Son, once again, Sonny's eggs, but this time, no numbers. Do we just get a, a tune with some uh, elements, <laughs> right? Like... I did have a break. I did have a big brain meets moment mm -hmm. on stream. Okay. Are you guys picking up that the number of eggs that she's cooking coincides with the act that you're on? Whoa, no, holy! It's crap. true. Pay attention, boys. I was like, wait a minute. There was definitely two last week, mm -hmm. and there was one the first week, and there's three this week. That has to mean there's some sort of correlation. 
perhaps an anomaly. I don't know. Now, but I would like to believe it's a correlation. <laughs> I thought because all three eggs looked identical, it was a future like uh, tease to the fact mm. that there are three clones of Big Boss. We get mention of all three in the recent section. Perhaps, um, perhaps. So, perhaps. Um, I have a dumb question. Is the tune she is singing all this stuff in, is that in the tune of the Metal Gear theme that is no longer yeah. in use because it's plagiarist? I think I it, thought we said that in the first episode, right? Omar might have brought it up. And I oh. think it's there's definitely like a, a slight melody to it there, but they definitely diverge after yeah. a certain point. Um, but yeah. I like for a little bit, it sounds like it, like what you're saying, Christian. And then at a certain point, I'm like... Sunny, yeah, pull the goddamn tune because like, do it, just do it. I, I think what carries over is like the da na na da na, and then she's like, da, da. it's like, that's yeah. not it, that's really not it, yeah. But hey, she's out here doing doing her best, cooking eggs, Metal Gear theme, you know. I'm gonna try that next time I cook eggs, you know. Oh, of course, scramble. All right, so the, we get the other the... tips from <laughs> Naomi on Sunny's eggs, and honestly, I felt some resentment from Sunny there. I thought that was kind of like Naomi's giving her all these tips, and Sunny looks like she's ready to slap her because she's like telling her what to do. Uh, what do we think of that entire scene with Naomi? Because last week we did talk about Naomi a fair amount, where it's like, okay, she definitely seems like she feels a little guilty for all the stuff with Snake. She's her motives are very unclear. Um, and now she's acting like big sister, mom, to uh, Sonny, who, uh, again, is uh, being raised by two very cold men. This seems specifically, like, with her and how she's interacting with Sonny, or, like, the whole mission briefing? Uh, any, uh, we can start with her and Sonny, but... Okay. Because the introduction, it, it did feel a bit like, again, another aspect of Naomi is just like, okay... Naomi's like this too, I guess. Like to me, so. Uh, I liked, I kind of liked the idea of her helping Sunny, and I feel like maybe Sunny was worried about like, or just didn't know how to talk to her mm -hmm. because I, I assume, it sounds like she has a sheltered life. Yeah. But, uh, in general, I think the whole like the Naomi like Otacon stuff this scene was some of the worst Metal Gear so far. I thought like I was really kind of. Uh, uncomfortable by a lot of it, I guess. So, I, it definitely comes across that way. In my head the whole time, though, it seemed like it was, like, her playing him. Because, like, th there was the stuff with the USB stick that she, clearly she was trying to do something with. And, and then uh, we see later in the episode that she ditched them. So, I thought it was her just manipulating him. And it just came across as comical to me. But I I don't know if it was supposed to be earnest or. It, it definitely was. It was definitely Naomi like trying to play, Otacon. Mm -hmm. Um, and for the sunny bit, like, I do appreciate how Naomi, seemingly was more genuine with Sunny than she was with Otacon. Like it seemed like she actually cared about Sunny. I was like, hey, maybe you should let her outside. Let her outside this fucking plane in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and Otacon's like, well, she doesn't want to leave the Nomad. It's like. All right, you're weird. That you're an adult. You know that you should probably let kids go outside every once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate that about Naomi. But yeah, um, it just seemed very cartoony for Otacon not to. Re and obviously, like he's a socially inept person. But I kind of got the sense that he's matured a little bit since Metal Gear Solid One and Two. 
And it, it was just a little silly to see him be very easily manipulated and not coerced, but like he, he was just sort of like he couldn't see what was going on between what what uh Naomi was trying to do. So I thought it was a little silly. Yeah, like similar echoes and everything, but like I think at the end of the day it's like uh I do recall his reaction to Sniper Wolf, right? In the first Metal Gear, right? And it's like, well, I guess that part of Adakon like never really like matured in a in a in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like definitely he has grown as a character for sure, absolutely. But um, you know, I think like like as as weird as it sounds, like, you know, if there's like an attractive female per se or whatever, you know. My boy Alakon kind of slips up a little bit, you know. Um, even when uh, when when Snake, you know, asks him like, "What happens? Like, why aren't you watching or whatever?" And, and he's like, "Oh, like I didn't have my glasses." And it's like, "All right, bro. Like, all right then. Okay, okay, yeah." But the um, Sunny stuff I actually liked. I liked the Sunny stuff. I'm with Naomi. It's like, um, okay, she like Sunny's never gonna ask to go outside because maybe you've never exposed her to that. You've never given her another side of the coin to even comprehend. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's not going to ask for something she hasn't comprehended before in her life. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I thought that, too. But, like, overall, interesting scene, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Because sure. I, I definitely had the same thought as you, Kevin, of, like, Otacon's history with uh, romantic interests with people. Yeah. It's like Sniper Wolf was very one-sided, and she never really did anything, like, advancing towards him. And all the weird stuff with him and his sister and his mom in two. So, like, he has a very clear issue dealing with women. And I think Naomi showing an advancement to him is something that, at least on screen, we haven't seen anyone do to Otacon. So, like, I bought it that he slipped up and, like, he just fell for it because he's kind of a a doofus. Um, That doesn't change the fact that it is very stilted and weird and awkward. Again, I don't know if that was intentional, but uh, yeah, it, it took up a, a way more of this briefing than I thought it would, though. So, because there's not much else that happens in the briefing. We get like a bit of more clarity on why Liquid wants the body of Big Boss. Yeah, I, I actually want to ask a question about that because I was kind of confused. Um, it, is Will Big Boss's genetic code let Liquid control the system? Is that pretty much why he wants it? I believe so, yes. Okay, follow-up question. Why? (laughs) (laughs) So, no, because I also had a question about this, because I wrote down that Big Boss's DNA code is what unlocks or gives full access to, like, the overrides for the SOPs, I think. Yeah. Is it because he started the Patriots and we learned that later on? Yes. Okay. But now I'm wondering, is this why they wanted Big Boss's body in Metal Gear Solid One? I think so. Yeah, I I think the 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 as uh, Omar pointed out very astutely, like last week or a couple weeks ago, the the PowerPoint situation we get yeah. into later on in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that sort of explains that that was the truer intentions of Liquid. And Ocelot, actually, probably more so Ocelot than mm-hmm. Liquid in Metal Gear Solid One, where right. to like get his body in control, um, SOP. Right, and just like as players going through the series, SOP was nowhere 
near our minds in MGS1. It was just like, okay, they want the remains of Big Boss for some reason. Honestly, I didn't even really think about why too much when I was playing Metal Gear Solid 1 for the show. Like, yeah. I don't know, Omar, I don't know if you were thinking of something different, and I know you have um, reservations when they do, like, revisionist stuff for motivations in Metal Gear so far. So how is the... Uh, the big boss DNA override stuff hitting you in this briefing. Uh, I honestly didn't even consider the fact about the Metal Gear Solid 1 link, but uh, I definitely don't think Kojima thought about that when he was making Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah. Uh, no which way. is funny. But uh, I don't know. I, I think didn't... Big Boss has died like twice in the lore at this point, right? In Metal Gear, like, Metal Gear 2, I think. Yeah, yeah, and now he's still alive here? Like in this weird way? Yes. As a biomort. Yeah, <laughs> like what is that? Whatever that word means. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I'm. I, I again. I think I. I said this last week, but uh, for me, with this game, is kind of just throwing the the lore out of the window and just like enjoying enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm eating it all up. I guess at this point, just mm-hmm. going with it. Fair enough. But, yeah. Yeah. Kevin, for you. Um hearing the stuff that naomi's talking about big boss she says i think naomi's the one that says big boss is still alive in this sequence um what was it yeah. like for you learning that big boss is gonna be a a, a factor for metal gear solid 4 oof yeah that was um yeah and now now i was like okay like i expected metal gear solid 3 to justify itself in some shape form or fashion right like into like some some way and then you know we get to, of course, the main character, not main character, but like one of the big characters in MGS3 directly in this game. Um, and then Big Boss himself as well. Like, I found it a little bit odd. I'm not going to lie. When when they first said that, I was like, okay, like, this seems like, how is this even possible? And then like, when you actually, I guess when they explain it, it's like, okay, I guess that checks out. Like, okay, I guess, you know, technically speaking, Liquid and... Uh, Solid Snake wouldn't be direct clones, right? And I guess that was kind of explained away in like a lot of different ways. And like given that, you know, they were birthed by another human and not a test tube, right? I guess that would kind of make sense that some of some of Eva's genetic material, you know, kind of manifested in. You know what I'm saying? But like then like it's surrogate, so probably I would just. I just assumed that made sense that like they weren't a direct clone of, of big boss. Right. And like, maybe it was like, maybe the reason why they're not direct clones is because they were birthed by an actual human mom Mm. or um, maybe it's the difference in the clone coding that they put into their specific genes in terms of like, Oh, they can't be copied necessarily. They have a short lifespan. So maybe like, that's what makes them different and not a direct clone to Big Boss right? as well. I th- Maybe that's more the answer, but... I think yeah. that's what Naomi was implying because um, okay. there there gotcha. was a graphic that popped up on screen that looked like it was a bioscan of Liquid and Snake, and it said it was like a... It was like 5%? Yeah. percent difference between their code and Big Boss's, which was chalked up to, like, the differences uh, and probably scientifically what you're saying as well, like, they had like a, the surrogate mother and it was also grown in eva which we'll get to but 
yeah, there's enough room for diversion there that they aren't full one-to-one big bosses. Which, you know, in, in a series that's so strict about, like, the genes, the genetic code, if it has to be big bosses, then, like, it would make sense that they can't access it, so. Also, Liquid's not even all there. It's, like, that is mostly ocelot dna that you'd be trying to access with anyway so that's probably a wash yeah. too so um yeah one thing that kind of shook me in the briefing though i completely forgot raiden was there dude just knocked out and then like 15 minutes and they're like oh yeah raiden <laughs> and then talking <laughs> with his robot voice yeah and then naomi like goes and like googles cyborg remedies and then finds out that they have to go to <laughs> eastern europe um but any other thoughts on the briefing before we dive into uh, two act three? I I found the white blood explanation kind of interesting. Like it, I guess it was a synthetic blood used by the military, but it needs to be like oh, I forgot the word they use. Like oxidized. Is it oxidized? Okay, we'll, we'll just go with that. We'll, we'll just go with that. Dialysis sounds a little bit better. Yeah, we'll. Where that process is, was it like every? I don't think Did they, they say a time different. Table. They just said no. It to be... Just once in a while it has yeah. to be kind of cleaned, I guess. Yeah, filtered. I guess mm-hmm. was the word. I thought that was, I guess, interesting. And then also um, Naomi looking at Raiden and having that tap X of Cyborg Ninja back in the first game. I thought that was really cool. And she's like, "Oh my god, they're still doing this like today, like." I thought the, the way they are tying in MGS one is like really cool. I'm I'm still liking it a lot for sure. So one very thing cool stuff. I noted about the briefings that I wanted to throw out there. For some reason this week, like it kind of felt like they write and perform the briefings as like a weird stage play thing. It's just it's really strange to me. Like that's the only vibe. Like there's so many angles you can view it at. Um, it's these characters walking like uh, in this very tight and closed area. It, like it feels performative in a way that's like, and they're all saying these very dramatic things in like this very tiny room with like no music at all. Like I don't know, it just it stood out to me more so this week. And like looking back on the other ones, it's like this definitely like it feels very different from the rest of the cutscenes in the rest of the game. And that's the connection I made at least, but. Are we still liking the briefings? Um, I, I like how it's like the sort of connective tissue in between acts, and it sets your expectations in certain ways where it's like, all right, this act is like officially over. Mm-hmm. I really like how MGS4 split up that way. So, yeah. Um, this is the most bizarre one, though, and it's probably my least favorite. But uh, are you guys um, you guys rolling around in the Mark II on the Nomad? I tried that a little week. bit. There, there's some batteries you can find. Does that, like, uh, boost the Mark II in the field or something? Um, it's for, like, all of your equipment. So, like, uh, your night vision goggles and stuff. So you can get some oh. spare batteries if you run out. That's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I've yeah. honestly just been just doing the screen where it just focuses on the actual cutscene and just paying, paying as much as much attention to that as possible, you know. Yeah. But that is cool, though. That is cool. Well. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm not enjoying. Or I didn't enjoy this one too much. I think you guys are right, like about the manipulating thing. But I still think some of it's uncomfortable. Like, I guess, like 
all right, Naomi dragged Otacon into that helicopter. Sonny's right yeah. there. What happens? What happens? Everyone's right there. Dude, yeah, everyone's right they there. They just played a nice deck of cards, man. What's the problem? I don't you know? believe they you, just, Kevin. I think you know exactly they, what happened in there. Had a little, had a little, had a little candlelight, you know, playing, playing some, you know, poker. Sorry, right, you know. I wish, I wish that's what happened. <laughs> uh, playing a little Uno, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I think, I think Otacon in this episode also does a does a funny like. I used to be an anime fan, which was cool. <laughs> I wrote it down. Anime Okatu? Otaku? Otaku. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask about that if anyone would like to elaborate. What Otaku is? Sure. Yeah. I think it's just like an anime. I think it's literally just anime enthusiast. Yeah. Maybe it's like an anime anime fan. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. They, um, I think they talked about it in Metal Gear Solid 1 during, uh, uh, Otacon's, like, uh, introduction after he beat himself. And I think he just described his name as Otakon being a reference to an otaku convention in Japan. <laughs> so he's just a fucking dork, essentially. <laughs> but Omar, you're right. I did. I did love again that sort of like obliviousness that he has. Like she's trying to be forward with him and stuff. Like, oh, I thought that was your girlfriend. And then he's like saying a couple things, and then he's like, I used to be an anime fan. <laughs> like, yeah, it looks like he's being straight up taken advantage of. And I know it's because she's like, you know, there's that USB stick Kojima keeps showing you like, oh, she's got something going on. Mm-hmm. But it's just <laughs> something about it, especially with the way she's like dressed. It's like, OK, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. And I will say that on the stage play thing, I, I think you're right. It totally does give off those vibes. But I think a lot of it is like, I, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Yeah, sure. sometimes it just seems like awkward as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, uh Otacon is looking very uncomfortable at some of this and, you know, he's running around the room or just going like, uh, uh, um, like this, the noises they make mm-hmm. sometimes or like the, the hand gestures they'll make to take up the scene time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like a lot of the times, like Kojima doesn't know where to put the character or whoever during the cutscenes like doesn't know where to put the characters. Mm-hmm. Unlike yeah. a codec call, which, you know, they're right there two right there. No awkward running around. That's it. So I'm not actually saying code calls are better, but like it, it's a bit of a weird turn, I guess. One of the things I wanted to ask also, um, because I think we're all on the same page where the codec in four is better than it was in three by like a mile, but it's very strange that the only person we get on call is Otacon. Everybody else is just like a a static image of a logo like when jack called us last act it was just a, a, an image when Dreven calls us it's just his logo like did do you think they just didn't want to animate extra conversations or what because i i do think that is a downside where i'm finding the codec and four not being utilized to its full potential because i do think it's okay when they do use it i like autocon's calls but i don't know if you guys feel differently I never really noticed. So you just brought it up to be honest with you. So, yeah, there's that. Kind of, but yeah, yeah, I kind of think in general the, except for two, I think the codec gets worse, like progressively worse in each Metal Gear game, and to the point where it really doesn't serve too much of a function in Metal Gear Solid Four. Like the select button isn't even the uh, that 
the, co the codec button off. anymore. Which you can change. I did change. You can't okay, go to the options cool. and change it. But the fact that it's, you know, the control scheme uh, front and center, you can eventually change it. But yeah, it's a little silly. And I don't even think you can punch in um, certain codec numbers anymore. Unless I'm wrong. But yeah, even after, like, during boss fights, I'm trying to call people and there's, like, maybe one useful thing that Otacon says, but I miss the, the sense of, um, sense of, like, having a party, you know, in your codec that you can... Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 1 had... I honestly think it probably had the best codec, uh, just because everyone had a function, and if you wanted to call someone about a weapon, there was a weapons expert, and there was the, your the, your main objective via Campbell, and everyone had a purpose, and yeah. it just doesn't... That's just not... It, it doesn't exist anymore, which, you know... They have cutscenes now, which is great, but I, I do I do love the codec, and I'm kind of sad. It it, it kind of gets worse. Bring back Nastasha. But... Yeah. She got referenced in something, right? Was that... I don't Maybe know. that was like Metal Gear Solid 2 at this point, but I feel like Probably. she got referenced after the fact. No, um... I think either you or Jack, I think last week, or two weeks ago maybe, mentioned that if you call Otacon enough time, or Mei Ling is the one that... Oh, that was Mei Ling. Oh, right, okay. uh, yeah. But I think maybe Nastasha is the one who like wrote the article where like Snake was found on a tanker or something oh, like that. Oh yeah, like I think so something weird. Yeah. Interesting. Or she wrote a book on the Shadow Moses thing. I think. And yeah. Campbell's like, don't read that trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um, sorry. Mm -hmm. I watched the documentary, the Game Informer documentary that you guys oh, mentioned nice. about the recording of Metal Gear Solid One. Campbell is the the Vault Tech dude from Fallout Four, and like oh, really? he he his voice, he's like, this is what I usually sound like, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you do not sound like Campbell. It's wild. He's a great performer, apparently. I I just thought that was his normal voice, and it's not. He really he goes deep for that one. Yeah, it's a great Kevin. I also once we wrap up, you should definitely check that out because it's very very interesting. I have a list nice. of things that I yeah. I just don't want to watch anything, obviously. I feel like yeah. it'd be very easily to get spoiled in anything. So sure. There are yeah. spoilers uh, for like, yeah. future things that we'll get into. So that's Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we dive into Act 3, Third, Sun. Kevin, what do you think this title means? Because so far we've had, uh, I think, Liquid Sun, Solid Sun. Now we have Third Sun. I don't think too much into the titles. I think like like I really don't like. It's like oh okay cool third son, third act. Uh, you know, uh, I'm assuming the third son is assembling like because I mean we big boss isn't. I wouldn't call big boss one of the sons, even though there it is a part of the trio. I guess you could say of like big boss, liquid, and snake. But then there's solidist gets name dropped there. So like is solidist the third son? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, there is that, but, you know, I didn't think too much into it, for sure. Fair enough. Now, Jack, what do you think of this introduction? Because this was your first Metal Gear. Uh, I know it was Omar's also. So, seeing this introduction with the little bait and switch, right, of you see Young Snake, what he would probably look like on the PS3, show up here for the sequence what's it like revisiting that so in uh sort of a direct comment of what you just mentioned i did i did like how they showed like hey this is what a character model would look like yeah um 
So I did on that level. I did appreciate that. But on the the level of Campbell, you know, speaking to you and introducing the act that you're about to play through, just gave me Metal Gear Solid One, Metal Gear Solid Two vibes, and um, I just sort of love listening to him sort of give you the rundown of what you can expect in the act. Um, it really got me into the mood to play through this act. I think the introduction is a little bit better than the gameplay uh, section we're about to get to. So it sort of hyped it up a little bit um, a little bit more than what we actually get into. But yeah, I think the introduction to this is, is pretty cool. There's some awkwardness with Snake not going through the metal detector or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or the um, uh, SOP detector, whatever it is. Uh, but other than that, I think it's cool. Um, yeah. Or did you immediately try to switch to Young Snake with Bandana? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Me too. Uh, I do you think do you think Snake would look like that? I, f- I feel like uh, every time I see that snake, I'm like, is that Snake? Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm really glad that my brother. I don't like the way Young Snake looks in this game. I don't. I it. I don't know. There's something's wrong. Something I can't put my like yeah if you like squint you know okay that's that is our boy Young Snake but I don't know yeah there's, there's something wrong with it for sure it's the beard it's the beard I think it is the beard I think it I think it might be the beard I, I honestly I think it also <laughs> might be the bandana like with the bandana on I'd probably have less of an issue because I just don't like seeing his forehead mm. yeah <laughs> so mm. good point but um. Kevin, seeing the introduction here, meeting up with Meryl again. Uh, Indeed. Getting our new directive. Uh, Meryl and Snake sort of having some friction about who is being smarter going into this war zone. Once again, it's setting up a scenario where there are two opposing forces. So that, it, safe to say that's a trend for this game now, and I know you were pretty positive on that for the first two acts. Hearing that that was going to be the setup for this act also... Was that a disappointment, or was that more excitement that you get to like play both sides again? No, it was definitely more excitement, just because like just that conversation with you know Snake and Meryl, like I feel like it was. I mean, granted, there was a long conversation that they had in the first act as well, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like this one was a little bit more like, you know, gloves off. Um, Meryl straight up says like, "Hey, I know I once loved you, but like, you know, that's not how it is anymore." And like that was said, but like I feel like it's a little bit different when it's just them two at this table, you know. Um, and I, I liked you know Meryl kind of standing up for herself in a way of like, "Hey, like I'm not the you know very green girl you met, you know, in Metal Gear Solid One, you know, like I I have a unit, I know what I'm doing." I know what I'm capable of, and I, I know the mission, and I just don't think that your, you know, approach is going to be successful. So I'm going to do my thing. Don't step on my toes. And, like, it's it's rare, I feel like, we see someone, like, talk to Snake like that. And I think the only person that could do it is Meryl. So I actually really like this because of that kind of, like, tension that there there is there. And, like, Snake kind of just takes it. And, like, I, I like that Snake takes it. It doesn't really, like, combat it because – I think deep down, like he knows in the way that like Meryl is is um like like she she's able to you know clap back at him in that manner you know that I I liked a lot so I really liked this scene yeah Omar, it, did, it definitely worked for me. Did you like Omar uh, 
Snake repeating the I'm not a hero, never was a line again. That is <clears throat> that is the best line of Metal Gear Solid, probably, is I'm not a hero, I never was, just an old killer, hard to do some yeah. work. That is the best. That was like in all the trailers, I think, for this game or something. Right. <laughs> but that has always stuck with me. I didn't you know, I don't even think I considered the fact that Snake was just a hitman here <laughs> until like this. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a grim setup for a game. Mm-hmm. Uh so do you think yeah. that line and that sentiment sort of for you with old snake and like that idea does that make him feel more like his own character or more like the snake we know that's just fallen into this part of his life i think it feels like i think it's still very much solid snake right it's yeah. just he has fallen into that part yeah i i mean i to be honest i really don't understand why Kojima made Snake this old, other than maybe for this, like, finale thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird thing to do. <laughs> like, it was... I don't know where it came from. But I do kind of love it. It's ambitious and just bizarre. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, oh. like, I wonder if it's just... me, Like, talking about that <clears throat> finality, right? Like, uh, Liquid exists in like what like a close to 70 year old man at this point so if this is the legacy of big boss this game it would be weird if maybe his two sons are one is pushing 75 maybe and the other one is 40 so like maybe it was that maybe he just wanted to make like his version of that old what was the Clint Eastwood Western that won? Grand Tree. Oh, Unforgivable? Unforgivable? Yeah. Okay. Did he just want to make it a ver- like his version of that? Like, is this his Logan, essentially? It's <laughs> just thinking Logan when Omar was describing all that. Yeah. yeah. I think it is probably like a lot of like Kojima just liking this idea of old people getting close to that age and going crazy. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> as well. I, I think it's working. And I think, you yeah. know, Snake's attitude, especially at the beginning of this act, I think helps that feel warranted you know I, I will say i feel like i don't think david Hader's performance is like it doesn't sound like snake as if he was older like it sounds like snake that smoked too many cigarettes which is fine too mm-hmm. but i mean it's like, kind of the same low-key right i mean uh, i mean is that what happens when you get old i mean if you're like a smoker your whole life right i mean granted sure. I, I don't know i, I I don't like, think. I think. I think you have I a different voice. Maybe I. But like I, I said saying, it too yeah. wrong. But like I think, like if I talk to an elderly person who smoked too long, I think they might have a different voice than that. I don't know. But maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I. Would it? It's not like I hate it. It just, it just, it sounds like you hear him break sometimes, and it's like, okay, would it, it's fun. Would it be <laughs> better if he was doing the the snake gravelly voice, but just a lot slower? Uh, like longer pauses, longer words, longer like phrases. Because like I think that's the the thing that would probably make the old man thing make more sense. Because like the the suit helps his body maintain his ability of like super soldier basically, but he can't help his voice or his brain. So like maybe that would have sold it better instead of just the I smoked a lot sort of thing. But maybe yeah, I don't know. It's, it's every time he says like Meryl, it just sounds a little bit. It sounds a bit weird. Mm-hmm. That's really it. I don't know why people shit on the Batman Bale voice and not this. <laughs> do you, do you like uh-huh. this as Snake, as a, as a like performance of Snake more than his Naked Snake or no? 
I guess so. I guess I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. Jack, we're going to throw something there. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I'm sort of on the opposite, opposite spectrum. I feel like this might be my favorite Snake performance. Um, I just love the sense of... I love how Solid Snake is always someone who tries to do the right thing, even though... Even if he's in over his head like he was in Metal Gear Solid 1. Um, and you get the you get the sense of, like, a severe sense of sadness throughout this whole game um, through David Hayter's performance, and he sort of resigned to the fact of... He only has a, especially now after the conversation with Naomi, like he only has a set amount of time to try to tie up all these loose ends. And uh, I really like David Hayter's performance in this. I think um, Naked Snake was just not, I don't think that was a very good performance for him. I know it was a different character, but it's very stilted. And I, I didn't feel through his performance. I really cared about the character as much as I did Solid Snake in one and two. Um, and I think this is a, a great rebound for, for David Hayter. And um, this might be one of my favorite uh, by him. Either this or, honestly, one and two are really good, too. So this this might be my favorite by him. Because I, I think in the case of Solid Snake, it definitely, he has a big character shift here, where before he was, like you said, like hopeful, idealistic. He believed that the right thing can happen. And here he's just like, he's tired. He's very cynical. He's like... I'll try you know but probably not gonna work out and we, we see where uh his efforts will end up at the end of this act but yeah like it's like little things of like you know him saying oh like what's one more uh you know um smoke gonna do really to me mm-hmm. in the long run you know and it's like damn like it, it, it there there is a bit of like a melancholic type of like vibe to him in this game that i actually like a lot you know um i i i I, I just find it really interesting, you know, like like seeing seeing a snake that I don't think we've I mean we we've definitely never seen before. Like like just just him being so like helpless towards himself in a way a little bit, you know, just 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 kind of like just okay, I'm just doing this mission, you know. Yeah, like I care about what's going on. I don't want any harm to happen or whatever, you know. Um like, but there, there's like a little bit of like, I feel an angle of like, uh, I sometimes I just want to just kind of just lay down and die. Like I sometimes get that vibe off him that like, I, I think is really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, he can't lay down and die just yet because first things first, we got to do some Assassin's Creed style tracking of, uh, our target, a resistance Indeed. fighter in the streets of Eastern Europe. We got our disguise. Um, for funsies, I equipped this, uh, the octo camo suit to see what snake would look like. I wanted to use the headband, but I could not, um, he looked cool. He looked cool seeing him in that stealth suit with the blue harness and young snake's face, but couldn't complete it. I'll try it again next week. <laughs> Wait, did you use the, did you complete it with the, oct- with the camo and not the suit, not the jacket? I did for like five minutes just to get the feel, but I put the jacket back on and, for me, this was pretty simple. I didn't really face much issue here. I don't know. Jack, you're nodding along. It seems like you probably had a similar experience. Yeah, this, I think, is... Overall, I think it's probably my least favorite act. I don't, like, despise it by any means, but it's definitely lacking in the gameplay department. Uh, you essentially just follow one dude, or at least that's how I did it, and uh, he'll run across some PMC members who you can pretty easily trank 
and then you just keep following them and uh you do that for about 30 minutes or however long it takes mm-hmm. and there you there you are that's, that's pretty much all you do and then you fight <laughs> a raven and then you go on a motorcycle that's what you do in this act so um not my favorite it's not very engaging but um I like I like being in Europe. I think that's that was a cool little um, little place to go to. I wish it was uh, utilized a little bit better, but yeah, pretty simple, like what you said. Yeah, yeah. I I would have loved if like this game was on like PS4, right? Where you know we could have like big crowds and like NPCs like all in the plaza, or whatever. Like, and I guess they explain the way they're under some sort of lockdown. Not sure why. I don't think they ever explained that, but like, okay, Fuck everyone's night. under lockdown except there's one uh, spy and then a bunch of PMC agents. Like, okay, all right. So I guess that checks out. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think they said they're in a state of emergency because the resistance rebellion group, it, they're trying to like weed them out. And the, um, the PMC that's, I think, working with the government for this location. Is trying okay. to shut down the resistance fighters, so okay. they want. So state of emergency would be like, okay, nobody's gonna be in the way, nobody's gonna interfere. So if people are out, they're probably with the resistance, so we can take them out. Gotcha. I think gotcha. that was what Merrill was saying, um, and I think Otacon called Snake right when he got out too, and that's when we learned that uh, Naomi and Sunny brought Raiden to the doctor, uh, in the local area, but um. Because I think the location they were at, they said, Otacon said it wasn't a war zone, so there were no checkpoints, and they could move around fine. So here is where there was a bit of that side versus side. And what was interesting, too, was on my way through sneaking, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, like, you could take cover in, like, those alcoves in the entrances to buildings, and you could, like, hear people inside the buildings because they were on lockdown. I thought that was neat. Mm. I know that. Um... Omar, how did you fare in this uh, tracking sequence? Uh, I I lost the guy a couple times because I I think uh, I think they saw me because I was trying to take out some of the PMCs, mm-hmm. and then they ran back to that like resistance thing, uh, and then I couldn't find out how to find them again. So I reloaded her to save a couple times. Um, otherwise, fine. I thought that scene where he pees was kind of funny, mm-hmm. and I was a little upset actually in the moment. I was like, all right. I get it. People need to pee. Oh, I remember. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to explode. And yeah, yeah. You didn't? Okay. He's got he's got the steamiest piss you'll ever see on PS3. Wow. Guarantee it. Yeah. Yep. It's Uh, it was funny. So I'm in Prague. What was up? (laughs) That caught me off guard um, because I was just tracking the student. Pretty much no issue the entire time. And then all of a sudden he stops under a streetlight, then turns around, sprints at me. I was like, oh shit, did I do something? So I hide, and he starts pissing. And I, th- I think he said, oh, he's like, the knot's cutting it close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was Some weird. great AI conversations. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I had a pretty cool uh, journey with this. So um, I kept tranking PMCs and then somehow I was being seen by our resistance fella. So I never really backtracked. I just kind of kept moving forward. I just kept moving forward using the radio and it would spawn like a new portion of the map. Like, Hey, there's someone in here. Right. So then I went, but 
there was maybe like 10 minutes i was like damn like i'm not seeing this re is this 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 guy who's supposed to be uh i'm supposed to be you know tracking or whatever then i kept hearing the whistling and it turns out the whistling came from one of the pmc soldiers Mm -hmm. this resistance fighter was imitating a pmc soldier i was like ah okay my boy okay you clever you clever okay and then uh there was one part in stream that was very tense uh i got spotted i hid around the corner but then this agent that i'm supposed to follow like came around the corner and like walked right past me very tense but i was not spotted killed the game out there ultimate stealth levels you know what i'm saying i'm out here ultimate gamer um and then yeah we we just went through that so there was some there was some cool moments on mine on my journey for sure but um but yeah like it it definitely wasn't like the most engaging part even chat was like have like trust me it gets way better later on and this acts like just this is just this is just like a one part thing where it's not that great um of a section but i didn't find it at least like too horrible like it it wasn't like you know escorting eva through a forest you know and she's walking at like half a mile an hour right. you know so at least it wasn't that so it's yeah it was good it was all right you mentioned whistling did you recognize the tune it was the theme yeah mm-hmm. yes sir like specifically it was the same thing that sunny was doing like the same off yeah. key thing so i didn't know if that was just mm. like for fun or if there was something there but i did notice that is it off key because the original is copyrighted i think so they had <laughs> to change smart. like a couple notes because that's the original smart. was plagiarized smart. that's so smart Some uh, big brain stuff i forgot to mention but i did use the octo camera during this okay uh instead of the jacket i think that helped or made it easier to not get spotted yeah i i I was confused why they even give you the the jacket because almost immediately i was like well i i'm just gonna switch the octo camo because it's just way easier to hide that way and there were certain points where there was like a truck patrolling and i put the octo camo and the octo camo like mask on so i was like a 100 percent camo and they would drive like right next to me and i would just go next to a building and and do it so i i was like oh, why why am i why would i even wear this jacket like i'm just hiding way more easily it looks i cool. use the jacket yeah, yeah. no isaac i use it because like i just thought it was such a cool prospect of yeah. like yeah. solid snake in this like coat and he's sneaking around in europe but like that is something that we've never seen before mm-hmm. you know in the series so i was like you know what let's do it like that like th- this is a cool instance that we find snake in for sure I think it's supposed to like reference like uh, his game Snatcher. But I think the guy there has the same jacket and stuff. Interesting. The main character, yeah. Um, one other thing I needed to mention: uh, Did you notice anyone following you in this segment? Oh, no, I don't think so. I would see people no. peek around corners. Yeah. Cool. Really? What? That's yeah. It kind of scared me. Like I was like, "Oh, am I gonna like walk?" Because they would be in front of me sometimes. I would have like the night vision goggles on, and I would see them pop out. And I was like, "Oh, am I gonna alert them?" And they would just be gone. They had the fedora and stuff, right? I think so. Okay. What, yeah. Huh. Was there? Is there I anything to that? that? Yeah, we yeah. saw this guy later on. It's the it's that robot. Oh, oh it's the yeah. robot. <laughs> They've been following me the whole time. Yeah, 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 that's funny. Oh, I see. Okay, that's that's really cool. Okay. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to wonder if this sequence would have, if it truly is just underwhelming because of limitations, or if maybe it's more engaging on the higher difficulty because it seems like we all coasted through this no problem i got caught once and it was because the truck turned a corner and i was kind of naked but um yeah 
The drum yeah. can was OP during this, I think, as well, which I was surprised at because I mm. thought it wouldn't like look right in this environment. But I used it a few times to hide from, from the uh, moving vehicles, and it worked out pretty well. Nice. Yeah, I still think it would have been like really cool to have like a big crowd and everything and all that. But you know, PS3, I get it, whatever. I know. But I think it would have been cool to have Snake blending in, you know, and doing a stealth thing like in a massive crowd and like tracking someone. I think that would have been really cool. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, once we get to our destination, we have lore dump. We got big cutscenes. We got multiple PowerPoints. Yes, sir. As always, I will ask the panel, do you want me to run through it? Or do we want to talk about it beat by beat? Because there's a lot here. Let's do uh, chunk by chunk. How about okay. you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's too is... much, dude. It's too much going on. Did you did you write notes on all this, Christian? Did I you did. Like, I, I have you some, guys all write notes? I have some notes. A little yeah. bit. Okay. I, I have, should write notes. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of just sitting I... there like, uh what? <laughs> no. Oh my. It was this section that I'm like, I'm not gonna remember like half of this. I really need yeah. to I, I really need to write it down. Yeah. Cool. So I guess for I just first question before we get into this. Kevin, did you when did you realize that it was Eva? a while in okay it was okay. like a while it was like when they were showing mgs3 i'm like wait a minute wait wait is that no like there's no shot Dude, and then like it was like... yeah yeah like i forgot which line click i was like oh my god big mama's eva like what what mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it was it was it was a bit of a while before I actually even that and zero as well i don't know why i had a hard time remembering zero mm-hmm. But I think it was the whole name thing and everything and how, you know, he had a name change and, and all that. But, um, yeah, it took me a while to discern those two. But then it becomes very apparent later on. Like, oh, okay, gotcha. Eva and Zero. Right. So Big Mama is revealed in this church that has uh, holy images of Metal Gear Solid 3 promo art and stuff on the walls, which I think is hilarious. Um, so Big Mama is david's mother also liquid's mother because for the lays on font terry project they used big boss's dna and planted it in an egg from a donor of a woman who i believe for some reason was their way to explain why raven said snake had blood from the east yeah it was a it was a japanese woman okay who donated her eggs and then yeah eva is the surrogate mother i believe yes yeah because eva loved big boss despite their tumultuous history there's a lot that happened between three and where we are now um so she was like you can't she's like i'll i'll do it i'll make the sacrifice i'll be the one that uh grows these children and the reason for that was because after what happened in MGS3's ending, she went to China with the fake Philosopher's Legacy. She was exiled because she failed them. Eventually found her way back to the States, where at the time, Major Zero recruited Sigint, Paramedic, and Big Boss to form the Patriots that would be trying to fulfill the dreams and the worldviews of the boss. Right. Eva was brought in and eventually not immediately like time passed and then they decided to do the project for the twins but um 
why don't we start there? Zero is the founder of the Patriots, as we've been hearing them referenced since MGS2. Uh, Zero and the members of the Patriots that were kind of all presumed dead because of weird cover-ups in MGS2 turned out to be the cast of Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, they were the Patriots. The wise men are kind of a separate thing. That was the philosophers from 3. And uh, th- what do we think of this here? So 3 three matters, apparently. <laughs> 3's ending yeah. actually uh, tees up 4. And I completely forgot about that. So Omar mm-hmm. returning, I guess, seeing this after 3. Uh, what was it like getting this refresher on the Patriots and its relation to Snake Eater? I think Three's cast is pretty bland. Yeah. Right. And I think this is a pretty interesting route to go to tie it all in together. Because you play Metal Gear Solid 2, they sound, the Patriots sound so scary. Like, oh, what the fuck? We, they, they're like, we are formless. What? And then, and then you hear you play this one. And it's like, oh, you're made by the, you're all just the bland cast from the from the third game, which is okay, mm-hmm. fine. It, it feels a lot of the Kojima trying to wrap everything together neatly mm-hmm. in a way, but it doesn't feel too neat to me. I don't know. I I definitely think it's a little interesting, and I like I said I forgot that that was the case, so I was like, oh neat but i i bet they wanted it to be more than that and i think you're right probably if they were more interesting characters i'd have more of a reaction than like oh that's 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 quaint you know <laughs> like jack yeah you, oh go ahead Omar. if you had liked that cast as much as metal gear solid one right like that would probably have been a way bigger deal i think yeah like right now it's just like oh cool they're, yeah. they're, they were relevant, you know. Jack, returning also, and I think you were the one who was the most positive on Snake Eater. Uh, seeing what's up here, seeing the explanation for the Patriots uh, as they've been this looming presence, is it satisfying coming back to it? No. Um, I think Omar nailed it because, yeah, it, like like what he said, it's just very uh, <laughs> bland cast of characters. And even to the point of, you could go the whole game and talk to Sigint like once, yeah. and he's the fucking DARPA chief apparently for Metal Gear Solid One. That got a bigger um, reaction out of me than the the fact that yeah. they were the Patriots. I was like, he was the DARPA chief. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's funny because I feel like the majority of Metal Gear fans who uh, like Metal Gear Solid Three, which is the majority of Metal Gear fans, I would say at this point, mm-hmm. um, as far as I'm aware. Uh, are probably like, this is great. These are all my favorite characters in the series. And uh, I was thinking the four of us are like, ugh, this is not hitting. This is not hitting. Um, and yeah, I, I really just don't care because I didn't care about really any of the characters, maybe except for Boss um, by the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. And I think Zero leading the charge was baffling to me because he was... And most of the characters in your codec were kind of nothing characters in a way, and I I didn't get the sense that Zero had any sort of grand ambitions um, in a way that Campbell was definitely very shady in Metal Gear Solid 1, and you you, you felt like you couldn't really trust him um, completely. In Zero, like, I, I didn't really feel any, any tensions with him or any sense that he had any um, 
opportunities to sort of expand and do that. It it felt very off-putting that they were like, yep, Zero is like head honcho of the Patriots. And it's like, okay, I talked to that guy a little bit. He liked James Bond. That's really all I know about this dude. So it's very strange. Yeah, because at the end of Snake Eater, is Zero the one who says like, you're... No, it's it's not Zero that's like, you're a big boss. That's the president, no. I think. Uh, So I, I kept thinking about this. The president is Sully. Yes. That dude from Uncharted. That dude no, who said you're a big boss. President. I don't think so. I think he's LBJ. Am I wrong? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that, that dude was maybe the head of the CIA. Okay. Or someone else uh, who said you're big boss. Right. But... Zero said something. Did, did Zero say like we should reinstate Foxhound or something like that? Uh, I don't I think... know. Some someone was like, Fox. we can use this dude in our sneaking missions, but that wasn't Zero. Right. No, I, there's stuff at the end of Metal Gear Solid Three that about the lore, right? Where it's like Foxhound disbands. You know, Fox disbands, and then Foxhound. Yeah, because yeah, Z- Zero is... starts Foxhound. I thought. Z- yeah. Well, at least here it's that big boss is the one who started Foxhound. Oh, okay. So I thought it was a, it said. If it's lining up properly, it should, I think, in three at that text wall of timelines say that Big Boss came back and created Foxhound. But, um, yeah, headcanon for a second. I think it would be funny if Zero got a taste of the James Bond mission life in Snake Eater. And he's like, oh, I can make a career out of this. (laughs) And then just traded the Patriots because he just liked that feeling. Um, But, Kevin, you're experiencing this all for the first time. How did that reveal hit you? Yeah, like, it was a lot. Because, like, I don't know. Like, I I never thought that we'd actually get a clear explanation as to who the Patriots were. I always thought they would, like, remain this, like, mystique, just, you know, entity. And you were supposed to be them as just a collective, as the Patriots. Not necessarily know who they were as, like, you know, names and everything. And phases to attach to them, right? I thought it was just going to be, like, a Illuminati-esque type of deal. And then they pull off the veil, and it's just like, all right, well, I don't really care about these characters either that much either. So it's like, uh, it's like, and like, yeah, like I feel like I should have had a reaction, but it's like, oh, okay, it's just, it's just Joe Schmo and like who knows whatever Tifa is, you know what I'm saying? Why I say Tifa, Tiffany or whatever, you know, just just these these random you know people that, um, I don't know, like I know, I'm, yeah, like that. That sounds harsh. I get a lot of Twitter hate for hating on MGS3, but, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I just, yo, like, they aren't interesting. Like, I'm sorry. I can't, like, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it it was a little bit of, like, okay, all right, I guess now they're a little bit more interesting that they are the roots of the Patriots and, 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 you know that's that's where they eventually go on to form. Like, I, okay, we'll see how this goes. But yeah, it was not really like did did not have like a oh shit what moment at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what? How did you react to the DARPA chief reveal that it was Sigan? I don't even think I fully comprehended that. To be honest, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Sigan. I was like, wait, he's what? And I was like, wait, he's what now? And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I wish. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to follow. And like, I'm 
you guys see me like I'm I'm trying mm -hmm. to pay attention. Like I just feel like I'm just like barely like chugging that threats sometimes when they when they give a big dump of stuff, you know? Yeah. It's Kevin, probably a me thing. I don't know. No. Like maybe it's, it's a yeah. me thing. I don't know. But like sometimes it's like, wait, who who wait, I know the name. Yeah, I mean I feel like I, I should know you, but yeah. It sounds like from Omar and Jack, you're not alone. I mean, I played this this morning, and I was taking copious notes, so don't think that, like, I understand all of it. I just was yeah, uh, trying yeah. to be the host role, and I was like, okay, I'll right, right. write this down. Write this down. <laughs> right, I, right. I've, I've come to the conclusion that, and this isn't just a Metal Gear Solid 4 thing, but they definitely doubled down on it in Metal Gear Solid 4, but the, the PowerPoint presentations... I just think is a really terrible storytelling device and it just makes things way more convoluted. They backtrack on certain things and they're like, no, it wasn't this. It's actually this. And like, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they use it in a lot of ways to like sort of catch the audience up and the characters, of course, with what's going on. And this, it, it felt like, it felt like Eva was reading the Wikipedia plot summary of a video game that doesn't exist. Mm. And because this this felt like if this should have been probably the sequel to Metal Gear Solid 3. And she's like, all right, well, this is what happens. And you're getting all these like motivations for characters that are completely out of out of the realm of believability in a lot of ways. And you just sort of have to go with it. And I just don't think it's a very convincing way of telling a story. And it just it. It's very bothersome to me at this point, but I don't know. I guess I'm on board. It just, it's just not a, it's not a good way of, of conveying information to the audience. I think, especially like this one has such big reveals too mm -hmm. that like should be exciting probably, but they're just dumped out. Like, I don't know. I honestly, I think that, um, I mean, Jackie nailed it. Of like, it's a, it's the recap of a game that doesn't exist. So like. I wonder if, you know, we all have our issues with the majority of Snake Eater and the reason it tells the story it tells. Maybe think of this question as I go through the next chunk. But do we think it would have been a more interesting game if our big boss origins story or whatever it was was about the founding of the Patriots and not how he got the title of Big Boss. Think on that. I'll run through the next chunk. So, um, Zero had big ambition for the Patriots. Zero wanted to use it to centralize Amer American um, morals after the Cold War, and he thought that's what Boss's you know, outlook on the world of unification and all that stuff would take to realize where you know we we know solid snake or sorry naked snake big boss viewed it differently and there was tension there but zero since he was the commander wanted to use big boss as an idol he made big boss the legacy of big boss known to the world made him a very well-known uh military man well-known mercenary big soldier for the world to rally behind after the cold war basically to give the Patriots some grasp on the world through propaganda on that level. Um, and there was friction there between the two of them. And Zero saw the opportunity. He was like, okay. Um, probably had a, a meeting with paramedic. 
and I was like, okay, so just in case, we, you know, we, we this this plan we got going on with the propaganda for Big Boss is going super well. He has an expiration date. Let's clone him. Liz Alfonteri comes in. Eva, this is where she says, like, I'll, I'll do this. Unfortunately, Big Boss did not know about this. Uh, Big Boss left because he wanted he just wanted to abandon these children he did not want this he was not signed up for this seems like it was done without his permission and that was the driving force that caused him to leave the patriots the united states become a roaming mercenary for the world creating his own private military and that's sort of how he lived out his life for a good while now Jack, I think you... I don't know if you heard the question that I wanted to mm -hmm, throw out there. I did. Okay. Do we think that would have been a better big boss game instead of Snake Eater? Kevin, since you're fresh here, do you think that would have been a better experience for a story? I think that they could have done both. I think that there could have been a way that you could have, you know, tackled the origin of big boss in the same vein as explaining in a more straightforward manner a little bit, you know, the formation of the patriots right like i think i think you could have strike you could have struck a balance of both um but yeah no like i definitely feel like i think we needed a little bit more of like some signals that like hey the patriots the the like conception of the patriots are somehow tied to metal gear solid 3 in metal gear solid 3 you know i don't know how you do that like in a way that still retains the MGS4 shock and awe. Maybe you just don't have that shock and awe and just do it and do it in MGS3, right? Um, and like maybe I guess the the end, the very, very end cutscene or audio bit is like kind of alluding to that yeah. in a way. It's like a lot, but of game, it's though. it's very, it's not, yeah, it's not too on the nose and like i know he doesn't want to be on the nose but like you can be like on the mouth like a little bit close you know to the nose you yeah. know or maybe like the cheek but because like forehead you know i think we yeah. when we talked about the ending soundbite we kind of guided you to the idea that onslaught this whole time was operating you know with the cia and eventually became part of the patriots like that was you got to do some reaching there you know yeah but yeah it's very much not definitely conveyed, so uh but i love everything else that they like once we get past the like okay the patriots like origins and all that and like how it's tied to the industry once we get beyond that this whole narrative of like you know big boss not knowing that he was being cloned understandably being mad about it and being like what the fuck is this like i you know 100 percent. i'd be like yo what what is this yeah and if like he didn't know like that's 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 wild mm -hmm. you know for sure and i love the prospect of him like breaking off and doing this like roaming mercenary thing i would love to know more about that and see more about that 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 sounds really intriguing for sure mm -hmm. um but yeah like i thought i thought everything else beyond the patriot stuff and specifically about Big Boss and and you know Snake and Liquid, that whole aspect I thought was super intriguing and super cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hear the uh, same question for Omar and Jack, but with the addition of, I guess, 
very very vague future check-in do you guys eventually like big boss and do you think getting this story told after three would have gotten you to like big boss either at all or faster omar we can start with you i feel like you have more of a disdain for naked snake uh sure i i i think the thing here though is like about your question about like a game about this founding of the patriots like mm -hmm. so far kojima games aren't really about like or i don't even know how you'd really structure that game compared to what he's been making so far at this point right where it's like here is a scenario of an agent doing a job yeah. like how would you frame a big like a game about the founding of the patriots like that yeah i mean i'd imagine it would be sort of an evolution of snake eater maybe you just have big boss running these missions that made him this legendary mercenary in the eyes of the world you know sure i can see that uh, um what was i what were we talking about sorry i just <laughs> just forgot uh it, it well do you like big boss ever at any oh point? yeah i think i think i eventually want a big boss i think he's a cool guy yeah but i'm the same boat i really I, I eventually really really like big boss a lot and i think he's pretty sick uh and I, I think hearing about his story here made me excited to see more from him because I'm like, oh, yeah, I do like Big Boss. But, like, I don't know. Jack, do you think that turning this story into a, a game before MGS4 would have either worked for you to develop Big Boss in your own eyes as a fan and have this reveal have more payoff, maybe? Uh, Probably. They'd have to structure this scene a little bit differently because it is them just sort of explaining that. Right this is what happened um but yeah i think i don't know if this could have been incorporated into metal gear solid 3 because i think that story is more focused on uh big boss's relationship with the boss but i do think it would have been really interesting to explore zero and big boss's different interpretations of what the boss actually wanted because that's sort of what this cutscene gets into mm -hmm. and yeah. that sort of uh drove a wedge between them and i think that would have been really interesting to explore as its own game um that's a really good point that omar made because it probably would have been structured very differently than what we're used to but um i think this game's pretty pretty differently structured than uh the previous metal gear games so um i think it, it could have been possible but uh to your question about whether i like big boss eventually i actually don't know um i don't know if i've really ever rendered an opinion on big boss as a character I, I guess i'll say after metal gear solid 3 i began to warm up to him um once he realizes the story of boss but that's literally at the end of the game so i, I don't really and throughout the whole game i pretty much despised him yeah. in a lot of ways so i don't know if i really ever warm up to big boss that's i i don't know i guess i guess we'll see but um yeah that's an interesting question i guess i never really thought about it yeah like I like what the title of Big Boss is supposed to be. I find that intriguing as hell. Mm -hmm. The actual person I find to not be that interesting at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I think I think that's the problem where it's like, uh, hey, maybe maybe Zero had a point. Maybe Big Boss should just be a title, and you really shouldn't probably know him as a person because maybe he's not that interesting. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, but I'm with Jack in terms of um, I love the aspect of like this question of, you know, interpretation of like what, what the boss meant, you know, and like how big boss and zero take that in very different ways. And like, um, uh, I want to say, you know what? Yeah. Fuck, fuck it. 
Eva like like calls, you know, and 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 says that like they almost had their own like contained cold war amongst themselves mm-hmm. of like fighting over the interpretation of the boss. Like I I found that aspect really, really cool as well. Yeah. There's a lot of good in here. It's just past the the Patriot stuff for me personally, you know. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you and I think it sounds like we're all at least interested in the concepts they're showing out here for Big Boss. And like hearing this from memory we only get better with big boss so like i think maybe just the execution of big boss in three was just kind of shit and i'm with you jack like at the end i'm like okay i see something here i see like seeds but he feels so vanilla and dumb and stupid for the entirety of that game but hearing this and like hearing the repercussions of everything his relationship with the boss and what we're about to get to with the aftermath of that and like what kevin said of like the cold war between zero and big boss all that stuff sounds so interesting and really fleshes out big boss to be this really complex could be really cool character it's just so far the execution on that has been in two nes games and in a uh, a game where naked snake just sucks so <laughs> we'll see what happens uh-huh. moving forward but go ahead omar on this PowerPoint thing, mm-hmm. I feel like. Do you think? I think we said during Metal Gear Solid Two. Sometimes, like it feels like Kojima had this plan for this whole series, like forty years in his head, uh, or like it, it feels like he was kind of masterfully guiding it. But this one, does it feel like uh, he's cramming them all together, like Slightly, just yeah. to yeah? Because like, I feel like the Metal Gear Solid Three stuff wasn't intended like when he was making that, it doesn't feel like it was going down this path. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, like it, it feels like, well, that game in general, like playing that, like we would be talking about, mm-hmm. like playing that game doesn't feel like it was, a uh, meant to exist in the greater narrative in the way that it does now. Like, like with the way that four frames it or like within the, yeah, with the way four frames it with the Patriots and all that. And like, uh, just like, the fact that the cast is kind of simple and there's less dialogue in that game generally, like, or what it feels like, like it mm-hmm. kind of just feels like it gets all tied together in this one scene. Yeah. It feels kind of ham fisted. I think you have a point there. And part of it, I, I could see maybe a justification in that it feels like looking back on snake eater, it feels like the entire game is a prequel to the last 10 minutes of that game in a weird way of like, following up the end of that game i could see a world where there's this complex relationship between these characters i just kind of hate that we never got to see that but i think there's enough wiggle room there and you know the details on mgs1 or metal gear and metal gear 2 are so hazy enough for interpretation that i think there's enough room to make that but we we talk about all the time right like this is always supposed to be the last one. I think ending on three, you could leave that with a clean ending of like, and then it all connected in the future for sure. So Jack, it was the loop, right? It's how, sorry, uh, but it's how like they explained who big boss was in Metal Gear one. Like definitely seemed like that might've been like the finale. Sure. But uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Do you feel differently, Jack about that? Uh, No, I think Omar um, 
Um, I, I agree in, in part with what he was saying. Um, it feels like a puzzle, a puzzle piece that like, or a puzzle set that like it does fit, but you really gotta cram those puzzle pieces in there to fit. Um, doesn't feel like it was designed all that well, but eventually you get the full picture, I suppose. Um, but I, I like, it really feels like the party from Metal Gear Solid Three was assigned roles. Um, in this sort of Patriot scheme that feels um, disingenuine to what the characters actually were. Um, maybe maybe it's because those characters were at, like, nothing characters, and, like, I guess Paramedic is the person who helped deliver Solid and Liquid. Sure. I guess Sigint goes on to be the DARPA chief. Sure. Uh, I guess Zero and Big Boss had all these tensions that weren't explored at all in Metal Gear Solid 3. Fine. Like, it's just, I feel like it's a really big leap of logic. Um, I guess it makes sense at the very end. Um, you get the explanation that, like, Eva, Ocelot, and Naomi all, all wanted to, like, free Big Boss, and that they were going after, that's why they were going after his body in Metal Gear Solid 1. So, yeah, sure, I guess it ties things together. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of a stretch. It's a pretty big stretch. And I think you put it perfectly when you said it's summarizing a, a game that doesn't exist right because i think very easily you could make those connections because i think those connections post three would make sense if we got to see it play out and it would be believable because you have another chance to characterize these pretty vanilla cast members right and then like if you have that vision for this story and you tell that through maybe like a 10 hour game i don't know like i think it's a consequence and i think what you and omar brought up a lot about the powerpoint stuff for this game is like it's just all of the issues with the powerpoint method coming to a head here where it's like this stuff is so important it feels like it should be like why are we here and omar i think you bring up that it feels like i don't know if you said it was it feels it feels like it was rushed but it feels like we just wanted to wrap it up here uh definitely comes across that way so um, there hmm. is... oh, go ahead. One last thing on Sigint and the DARPA chief. Was he the DARPA chief or Decoy Octopus? Yeah, uh, I think he was the DARPA chief. And okay. yeah, the one that died like a week ago. In the Okay, so Decoy Octopus is someone else? Yeah, Decoy Octopus is a member of Foxhound that was impersonating Donald Anderson, the DARPA chief. And he died from Fox, uh, Fox Die. Yes. Okay, all right, all right. Um... There's one last chunk to this whole section of PowerPoint talk, and it is how we got to where we are today. So when Big Boss left, they had the clones. They couldn't really do much with them at the time. So Zero was like, I can't trust a soul. I will not pass this off to the next generation, so I'm going to invest in AI this man who's like pushing 80 right now. He's like, the AI is the answer to my problems. <laughs> had a great um, conversation with bill gates and was like yeah this is the future yeah so he created four he worked with somebody to create four ais that would replicate his view on the boss's future which is what culminated in the events of four the proxy wars the nanomachines it's a response to his decision to computerize the views and methods and ambition of the patriots and that was done through four ai cores 
One of them is GW from two. Uh, I I think JD is one. TR is one. I got one. you. Yep. Wait, I have TJ. Oh, that's, that's right. Maybe right. it's a typo. It no, you're right. TJ, AL, and TR. Do you know what those AL. are referencing? <laughs> Absolutely no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't. I saw four. I think they both represent. Wait, wait. Because isn't one of them like military? So are the other three just like a, a, a vague genre, if you will, of a part of the boss's will for the world? It, so it, each AI core controls, like GW is information flow. Um, one of the other ones, I forget which one, is the military. And okay. the other two are other avenues of life that the Patriots were making decisions for already. Gotcha. Like public okay. opinion, maybe, but that would be GW, so... Omar, what were you going to say about the what they mean? Uh, let's not okay. comment. Okay. Wait, Wait does, it, does it come back to it in a significant way? I believe it does. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, huh. does, this, uh, does it spell Unless, something? I mean, do you, have a, do you have a theory, Kevin? I'm down to hear that. But is if it, it doesn't uh, come back to it, then I apologize. But I think it does. It's either going to spell something or it's going to be like a really stupid acronym. That's like, okay, all right. Okay. Ghost Recon Advanced Warfare. Like <laughs> Tom Clancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a particular thing. I think in one. some ways it is, but uh, I think in some other ways it wasn't what I was thinking. But yeah. that's all I'll say about that. So Zero did these four pillars. It's the four most important aspects of society that he believes the Patriots should have influence over. And he did that he that was his plan this is like this is how i win this is how i continue on after this is I how i win <laughs> um, so <laughs> while that was going on you know big boss out in the world doing his thing with his military people uh maybe making up an outer heaven or something taking care of just random jobs he gets hired for decides to make his way back to the states and redoes foxhound which t- it sees its path followed in metal gear metal gear 2 the msx nes games where you play as solid snake and at the end of the game big boss is the big boss he's the final boss um also i think the first one has frank yeager i think the second one has big boss again but i don't think it has frank yeager um but those two doesn't nes it, games have big boss isn't he cyborg ninja is is cyborg ninja in two though or is that just a metal gear solid thing i that solid thing i think right i thought it was oh a wait solid thing. he might have been a ninja before i thought he turns bad in metal gear 2 and you have to fight him in the minefield maybe i don't know but is he a cyborg then no i don't think he would be okay because okay. that was that was introduced in yeah, Me- so, Solid one. no he might be in two i'm sorry yeah. i'm just assuming when he's a cyborg i think it's one but yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe what i was thinking is that he's in metal gear but in metal gear 2 he's a villain i think that's what it is okay. yeah so regardless big boss is the enemy of both of those games controlling foxhound um going against like he planned this under zero's nose like he came back he's like oh smiles um but he decided to make a fox sound so he could try and take down zero from within out of spite because of hatred for him after all these years and in the events of those games solid snake either 
try, kills Big Boss twice or once or whatever. He fakes his death in the first game, and then the second one he's there again. I don't know. But that is what happens with Big Boss at the end of Metal Gear 2. Presumably Big Boss is dead because in Metal Gear Solid 1, we need the remains of Big Boss. I think that... Oh, sorry, no. Uh, Zero, out of revenge, after Snake just killed Big Boss in Metal Gear 2, <laughs> took the remains of Big Boss and and put him into the the system to allow him to live on in this destroyed, decaying body, but mentally he's still aware of the pain and life that he is being robbed of. Again, out of spite because of all those years of bickering. Kevin, okay. does, Kevin, you look like right. you're processing. Okay. Yeah. No. Um. Does that track? Yeah. Nice? Okay. Yeah. Uh, like there's a trail, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 like a dirt path for sure. Like there's 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 definitely a path, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah. Yeah. Huh. So. Wouldn't Solid Snake mention that he fought Big Boss? Did he not know that was Big Boss? I think he mentions it in the first Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, he says he 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 knows. Killed is does he know that he was a clone in the first one? In the first yeah, one, it's revealed f- to yeah, him. He does. I think yeah. I think Ocelot in one when he's torturing him says that he was a clone of Big Boss, and then uh solid snake is like i killed him or something like that and then someone talks about patricide killing your dad like he's aware right he's okay he's aware he killed his dad yes basically Mm -hmm. okay but at that point in one big boss is being kept alive through the system but it is he's basically dead but he's being kept alive at a spite um and that's why there remains that were a thing in one that's why Ocelot was there in one. He was trying to get the, the remains of Big Boss to free him from that prison. Uh, in the background, Eva was also there. Naomi was here as well, trying to help along and get uh, everybody to save Big Boss. Which, honestly, now that I just said that, makes a lot of sense why Fox Die never went for Ocelot. Because Naomi didn't program it to be Ocelot, because they were on the same side yeah makes a lot of sense so i think that was everything about this metal gear game that should exist that <laughs> we get explained to us in 10 minutes it's like the it's like the worst example the of uh of Jeez. these it's yeah, just man. like there's so many complex relationships that should have been explored mm-hmm. and then they're just like yep this, this is what happened and you gotta you gotta believe it and it it uh, you you really have to suspend your disbelief a lot because Major Zero. I don't know if I'm crazy when I say this, but to me, he was a nothing character. He was literally just a nothing character. I'm yeah, right with he's just you. the person like telling you your mission. Like I I got no sense of what his character was really at all in that game. And uh, to to have to have the explanation that him and Big Boss had these ideological differences on the the interpretations of Boss's will is kind of baffling but i guess i'll go along with it i guess that's what they're setting up but it it takes a lot to go with it 
because you just you have no sense of the character and they're they're trying to explain that zero of all people is the leader of the patriots it's like fine okay that's a lot and it's like it would have been cool if maybe like you know their differences of like big boss's interpretation like started in mgs3 like but differences in like other things right like maybe like they just like inherently just like don't see things eye to eye right like 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 seeing that in mgs3 i think would have probably helped that a little bit more but i don't think i got the sense of that at all in mgs3 like it was kind of just like zero telling snake what to do and snake was like okay all right was, Sounds good. Was it not enough that Snake thought James Bond movies were stupid, Kevin? Was that not enough? It, it's not. <laughs> quite frankly, it's not. I'm sorry. Quite, quite frankly, a cinema opinion is not enough to justify a ideological opinion of, of, of like the boss. Yeah. Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, not. So. And yeah. I mean, everything we ran through, I think is cool, but I just don't like that we're told that. You know, I like I would have liked to experience all that stuff because it sounds really interesting, and I like Metal Gear games. I would have liked another one, you know. <laughs> like, um, no, there was something too that like the four AIs amalgamate to John Doe. Is that something that I should? So did I read that wrong? No, did I misinterpret that? I didn't. Okay, that's correct. I believe. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this earlier in the episode, but Big Boss's DNA key is the the override here. Again, because I guess Zero thought that would be funny or something. Um, and Jack, in MGS3, when Jack is introduced, do we get any insight into any relation of that? I, I'm trying to be careful. Relation with what? Because, like, J- Jack, your name, Jack. Isn't Jack yeah. a nickname for John? sure is that's is, my real name is, isn't snake's real name john and one yeah. he gets he's introduced a, as john and then whoa yeah, yeah he's the john jack yeah your real name would be john that's something mm-hmm. that i've never jfk john's a dumb name i'm gonna say it jack's way better damn is no one like named jack at birth some people are yeah okay but but, it's, but you're not but you, no i'm my name my legal name is john Oh. Never, yeah. never, never want to be like Johnny. You know what I'm saying? No, oh god, no. <laughs> Johnny's cool. Johnny's cool. Um, I feel like it's the same Johnny... where like, are people named Jack at birth, or are they named Jackson, and then they just go by Jack? Because like, oh, I don't shit, know if I've ever met an at birth named Chris. You know, like I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Names are weird. Damn. Names are weird. So when they said the the John Doe key to the cores, Kevin, I assumed that they were just talking about the DNA coding of Big Boss that they were talking about since the briefing for this mission. You think Big Boss is John Doe? That's what you're saying? I think. Because yeah. okay. isn't that what his name was in 3? Maybe. I thought John Doe was like a fifth core in this explanation, but I might have just completely heard that wrong. Because uh, I, for, I forget. Is I heard there was some... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I think I think I uh, was jumping ahead of something, but what were you going to say? Yeah, like... I don't know. I just... <laughs> I, I, I wrote out all the AIs, and then the, they all amalgamate to John Doe. <laughs> this is what I wrote. And so I do recall something like 
yeah the the conglomerate of the ais is like john doe and that's all i got <laughs> that's uh it's about it so huh um, uh is this skynet yeah basically okay that's what the the patriots ai is honestly though i think so yeah and then i forget what happens after this uh i know the uh the trench coat little ooblets <laughs> pop up which <laughs> that's a great bit that is a great bit yeah, that, was that was funny um, that was funny because at first I saw like the little like skinny head. I was like, is that like the Mark II on stilts or something? But then it was like, oh no, it's the enemy. Um, that triggers the the big chase. But I think there's something that Eva is saying about the soldiers and gamers once again. And then we get a flash of like I think Call of Duty or something. <laughs> like, it looks like no. It. I literally was like, wait, is that dead ass Modern Warfare Two? Like, looked like. It. <laughs> like like i'm like hold on is that terminal with a scar holographic site like listen <laughs> i was like yo wait a minute jeez yeah yeah that was funny so that was really funny uh this leads up to another vehicle segment this time it is a motorcycle chase uh going back to eva with mgs3 lots of flashbacks here but this time we have eva and her son defending um these vans who hated this the most? Because let them let whoever hated it, they can just rant. I'm assuming somebody hated it. Uh, I hated the MGS3 one a way more than this. Way more than this. This one is not great, but I I did find it impressive, for sure. Like from a technical standpoint, um, I. Uh, I liked the feeling of what they were going for, <laughs> but I think like you know when like when when Meryl could tell me about oh man like can you even shoot and it's like I can it's just you know not that straightforward in this particular environment with this particular uh, thing that we're 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 doing your speeding uh, pretty fast you know in a city with targets that are not moving that slow you know so it's kind of hard to really track them with. Uh, with, with any sort of consistent success, you know? So I did get the hang of it, obviously, like, as the chase went on, but um, I found it, like, generally okay. Like, I found this whole act, like, generally okay. But, like, the story stuff, I think, was really cool. But just, like, the actual gameplay, I think I echo Jack in terms of, like, yeah, from a gameplay standpoint, you know, not the greatest of gameplays, you know? Like especially coming off of the high of like act two where it's like i did a stealth mission in the middle of a battlefield mm -hmm. out in the open like that is the coolest thing that i thought was not possible you know um so yeah yeah that's where i'm at yeah uh this this whole act is kind of a funnel in a way um you kind of forced into following this one dude for a good chunk of the section um you're in a really big cutscene that is kind of baffling in a lot of ways. Some ways it's cool, but some ways it's just like, all right, whatever. Uh, and then you are sort of forced into this um, actual roller coaster ride on a uh, motorcycle. Um, and the game's done that before. I really, I enjoyed the gecko scene in South America. Um, I thought that was cool. And having to fend off the these big hulking enemies while also... Uh, trying to get these like zombie essentially soldiers away from you, I thought was pretty interesting. 
Um, but yeah, this is just sort of standard aim and shoot. You're sort of locked into this, can't really do much. Uh, a lot of the agency is sort of stripped away from you in this act, sort of forced into these situations, which are fine. I don't think it's, I don't think this is a bad section at all, but um, compared to Act Two, it's like oh yeah, we in Act One, it's like all right, we don't really have a lot of uh, tools at our disposal, sort of just aim and shoot throughout this, and it's whatever, it's fine. Uh, it's not that offensive, but it's kind of just meh. Omar, have you changed your thoughts at all on the shooting through the sequence? Because I was definitely having some second guesses on what I thought of combat here. Honestly, I like the sequence. Like it was, uh, in terms of shooting, I, I don't think I had too many problems with it. I, I, did, I did try going into first person. Yeah. But uh, that I think that helped. But I just thought it looked like the art direction was really strong, and my sound system was going. I was, I was having a great time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No. Like it's 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 definitely like a fun, cool spectacle. Absolutely. Like a hundred percent. Like i'm i'm right with you but like i did not have that much success in aiming and shooting for sure um like did she tell you um have you tried aiming the gun yeah Yeah, i'm like have you tried slowing down like like, yeah i don't know i'm sorry like like, goddamn i mean (laughs) thankfully i feel like i didn't even kill that many people like i we were moving fast enough that i feel like if i took out a couple people when we stopped we would just get back to it and didn't really take much damage so as a set piece it was a cool set piece for sure but i think i was i normally aim first person 95 percent of the time when i'm playing this game and here it was like it felt a little sluggish and especially with the the boss fight here i was like wow more so than with mgs1 or 2 aiming felt cumbersome to me this week uh in this final boss fight because it's just kind of sluggish that bird lady's moving way too fast for how slow those guns move in first person that uh it was the first time playing any of these games where i was like i don't this does not feel good to me it does move very slowly in first person you're right i forgot about that yeah yeah um christian were you talking about the like the clock tower actual boss fight Yeah. Yeah. yeah um so i i want to keep like tranking all these bosses mm-hmm. and i remembered being like oh i think it's like somewhat of a long-range engagement and i bought the mosin nagan which is uh like the end sniper from metal gear solid 3 that is uh non-lethal mm-hmm. and yeah uh it's even worse when you're trying to aim a sniper rifle at this thing because yeah it's not the best when you when you put it in first person it's not the best first person shooting mechanics it's serviceable, but it's certainly not Call of Duty or anything like that. And yeah, it's uh, it's very hard to aim when you're for first person. Omar, what was your strategy for this fight? For Rachel, uh, I ran out of ammo. Just I was just like out, I was on the top floor outside shooting at the all the all the ravens. Uh, I honestly didn't know which one. I mean, I think at some point you can see that there's a body on this one, mm-hmm. and that's how you know it's the boss. But uh. Yeah, I was kind of just firing at all of them, and then I think at some point I ran out of ammo and had to buy some from Draven. But it was mostly fine. Like you know, sometimes she uh, she gets downed right and has to uh, heal back up, and then on those moments I just sniper. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it, it, it's not as interesting as a fight as laughing Lof, octopus was even o- octopus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. 
it's kind of whatever yeah, yeah i was up on the roof too basically same strategy as you so. same yeah i was up on the roof um you know a little bit of dodge and a little bit of rolling a little bit of ducking you know getting my shots in when i can um i will compliment that like hey i thought this fight on the clock tower like i liked where we were at and like i liked seeing um you know even like bits of like the walls r- rip apart and like you know uh like break and everything i i thought that was really cool like it it, it added a lot like it didn't like it didn't feel like even though inherently it was a little bit like the vamp fight from like Metal Gear Solid Two, you know, when you're in that like underwater, mm-hmm. not you're underwater, but like there's like the water pit in the middle right before you get to um uh Otacon sister. sister Emma Emma right like right before you get to Emma um it felt like that but I just like the added you know. Uh, aspect of going up and down the stairs if you need to. I like the aspect of the building breaking in certain in uh, ways and all that. Like I, I thought there was enough here that I was at least engaged and at least you know intrigued. Even though the actual boss by itself did not require that much thought, mm-hmm. other than just like shoot at her and eventually you'll you know you'll kill her. So um, yeah, that's how that went. Like I I found the spectacle cool. Very similar to the motorcycle chase, where like the thought of it and the premise and the spectacle is very cool, but actually playing it is not as cool as it leads on to be visually. When the walls were down, yeah. did he get knocked at all? Because uh, yeah, so they can, yeah. can get like flying off the building. It does like the ledge grab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he gets burned too, right, or something? Or do you guys have that issue? Why like, is not later on? Well, th- like, yes, but, like, in this segment, like, I think there's, like, a burn effect or something. Or maybe oh. I kept eating noodles. I couldn't tell if the noodles were too spicy or uh, <laughs> or <laughs> if he got burned. But, like, there's, like, an orange, like, uh, hue around Snake, and he keeps taking he'll, his health will get uh, diminished every minute or something. Like I, you know. I didn't notice did that. not notice that. Oh, okay. Did not notice yeah. that. No. I, don't, I wonder what happened. Maybe it was the noodles. Were you guys eating noodles? Or? Okay. Not at all. All right. Um, I agree with Kevin. I think the most recent two boss fights, the scenarios surrounding them are really interesting. Like the horror vibes you get from um, Laughing Octopus and the uh, just uh, just the idea of being like a sniper in a clock tower is just always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think both of the boss fights were you could essentially cheese them in a way that sort of, you know, sort of ruins it like. The night vision goggles in uh, the Laughing Octopus fight just ruins that fight in a lot of ways, which is kind of sad. Um, and in this one, I would go up to the top floor like you guys, uh, peek out, maybe shoot some of the uh, drones, and then shoot at uh, Raven, and then hide within the staircase. If you couldn't hit me, I'd pop back out and just keep shooting her. So um, wasn't really a lot of strategy associated with this fight. Uh and yeah, it was kind of fine. Um, totally forget her backstory. I did not pay attention to that, so you guys are gonna have to have to remind. I me about that. remembered a bit of it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I glossed all over that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote one thing down because again, it was yeah. another instance of like, why is Drevin telling me this now? I don't. Yeah, care. <laughs> it's like why can't they could easily just have Drevin call before the fight. 
Like, I don't see yeah. why it has to be at. Like, like there's there, there. Just call me before. And be like, oh, snap. You to you're, feel bad. You, it's like, oh, That's snap. Fine. You're about to fight baby girl over here. Yeah. Here, here's a whole bio about baby girl and then fight baby girl. You know, could have easily done that. Oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. The only thing I wrote down was that she was a child POW and then birds ate her friends when they were abandoned and they were going to eat her next and then she was like she's like no or something and maybe well, she tamed them i don't know <laughs> I yeah was, like i was done it was like soldiers kept beating the children not sure not quite sure why but it was like relentless beat which then manifested all of them to have like this internal hate that grew and grew and grew uh and then one day they just left randomly uh and then birds started eating all her friends and then she was the last one drebin says out of like miraculous fate the birds ate through her chains first before attempting to eat her which then freed her and then she went on this rampage and killed all the birds and like you know like stripped their beaks and all that and then she went after the soldiers mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if she killed them I think she did. She probably did. Yeah, probably did. But yeah, that's the that's the gist. I, that's at least what I remember. Yeah. I'm also I'm pretty sure that like in her uh, normal, not suited up form, it sounded like she had like one line, but it sounded like uh, the voice actor was Ventress a little bit. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Well, if that's true. Was that Trista? Where? Uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars character. Oh. The uh, the bald assassin woman with the two lightsabers, fire. Uh, Did we talk fire. about how like these are like legit models scanned into the game? Like, I don't think that was common practice at this point. I but... did not know that. Yeah. Wait, like real life models? Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Like the ping yeah. pong ball suits. Yeah, I think so. Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Wait, there's that's a what, that's what they're professionally called don't you know that's the right right of Wait, course Omar, do you mean like they cast like supermodels and like scan their faces or do you oh, mean like okay like a scan model <laughs> so okay i'm actually not sure if it is a scan model but i believe these were models and they were the models were made to look exactly like them okay. don't know how they did it i assumed it was scanned but maybe the tech wasn't there but ping pong balls sure right i, I think uncharted started that or around the games but yeah, I'm not really sure. no, I believe James Cameron's Avatar is the thing that started that. Really? <laughs> was that? No, no. Oh, Uncharted in... came out before Avatar, sir. On game specifically, I mean, like. Uh... <laughs> but look, I like Avatar. No, uh, I, you know what? I bet the the King Kong game did it because Peter Jackson sure. was messing with ping pong balls with uh, Lord of the Rings all the time. So like, I bet when that King Kong game came out on the 360, I bet there were ping pong balls in that. <laughs> No doubt. Uh, was, oh, there's one moment where uh, you know you're uh, she's out of the suit, right? Yep. And uh, she's, I think her dying words are something about like, no longer I am I may am I in this cage now I shall rage. She doesn't say that, but she does rhyme cage and rage once. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone picked that up. I, I thought it was really funny. Okay, <laughs> that's um, all. We did surprisingly. We got an L one to look at ass here. Uh, Dude, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" You don't like the hard rock uh, ass? 
Oh my god, like come on, <laughs> come on. This was the one that was like, come on. Also, another come on. Eva is like how old? How old is Eva? You I know, think- like like is she really gonna be wearing the exact same type of outfit that she's wearing in MGS3? Like, is that really what we're doing here? You know what I'm saying? That it's was also character. like another Yeah, but like come on, man. Um, that I think, makes I think, more sense than than Zero being the leader of the Patriots. Yeah. I don't also, know. I don't know. Uh, Christian, I I want to congratulate you. Uh, Nikita Futterman um, is the voice of Asajj Ventress in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and is the voice of Raging Beauty. Good job, in, Christian. Good job. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Also, the voice of Olga Pataki in Hey Arnold, shout out, and Smellerby from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So there you go. Well done. It's a lot of range. Also, for something. Oh, really? She's in a lot of stuff, yeah. There was another game I played recently where I noticed her. Shout out to Asaz Ventress. Big fan. Um, We don't get a cool mask from this fight, but we get a grenade launcher. So, yeah. Mm. See how effective that is in the future. And then we get the final sequence here um eva i forgot to mention at some point gets impaled in the exact same spot that the twig impaled her uh in Metagasol 3 yeah um and on her way down to the the aqueduct or whatever beneath all the uh the streets there is surprise an extra uh shipping container vehicle thing that had the actual remains of big boss in them everything else was a cover not just not just the two there were all three recovers it's um, like chewy in the rise of skywalker yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and when i said last week that there's something this in there's a specific thing for some reason that stuck with me it's the scene with um snake liquid and eva just like on the water for some reason that was an image that like really stuck with me since i saw this story like in 2015 but we get some pretty casual confrontation at first and then it just escalates non-stop um onslaught kind of wins here like he gets his way he gets the guns of the patriots he calls it the guns of the patriots because he's the patriot and now all the guns answer to him i think that's the reasoning for the name of the game <laughs> but, um damn the big reveal damn. i think is that gw at the end of mgs2 the worm just split it up and discarded it in a million pieces but uh since 2009 We've had a couple of years. Uh, GW has been rebuilt and has been hidden in one of the other three cores of the AIs that Zero started. So GW lives on in one of these other ones. I don't know which one it was. Liquid was responsible for doing that. Um, another instance, I'll ask you, Omar, kind of erasing some of the point of MGS2. Does this one hurt as much as the others? It's dumb, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> like it was, it's yeah. Sorry, but no. I mean, like it was at this moment where I'm like, okay, I kind of see where Omar's talking about. Oh, where thank it's you. like where 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 it's like excuse like we're just gonna explain away 
the everything we did in MGS2 by just saying, oh, it would just split into a million pieces, actually. And we were able to just kind of just, you know, like, um, like, like, uh, uh, Jimmy and, and Chuck in Barracall saw when they, you know, lining up all those, uh, paper shreds and all that. Like, they, that's what, that's what, that's it? All right. Yeah. 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 I was like, okay, Omar, like, I see what you're saying. I feel you, bro. I feel you. Because, like, I'm with you too because there is a like there's a point where I think you could say like well the Patriots are so like their entire operation is just so systematic and is deeply rooted in the United States and the globe for so long that even if he did take one out it doesn't really matter but I think you could still get that point across without literally patching together what we did at the end of two. Like, I think you can still make that point pretty clearly without GW still existing. I think you could just be like, all right, so we have all these other things. We can influence the war economy. We can influence Wall Street, uh, the guns, literally everything else except public opinion. We can just pay people off. We can pay off news heads. Like, that's still an option. There's a human element there, but, like, I I think you can still get that point across of, like, there's a feeling that's futile without bringing gw back so yeah but like at the end of mgs2 wasn't all of our interpretation that the patriots sort of won like because people were still walking around and weren't reacting to what was happening in new york right so like it kind of seemed like the, this this really wasn't a surprise to me in a way um because it's like well yeah it, it seems like they were already still in control of people's public opinion. Like, it kind of seems like that was the point of the commercials at the beginning of the game. Um, or, like, the uh, all the TV stuff at the beginning of the game. Like, mm-hmm. people were just so... It, it, it seemed like that was showing that people were just taking everything at face value and not really thinking critically. Uh, so this really wasn't all that big of a surprise to me. And, I mean, I, I'm with you, Jack. Like, I think you can still make that point across and i think there's something interesting to say that like if the patriots control everything like if they lost their grasp on public opinion but they still have influence over all these other things and nothing else is changing then it doesn't matter if they don't have gw so like why bring it back yeah it's like thanos losing a stone yeah it's like okay big whoop everyone's still scared of him (laughs) like you know um like I, i don't know what you would lose if here if gw was gone outside of maybe having an avenue where we could be like that's how we win you know (laughs) like we gotta just have everybody rise up and fend off like free will like which honestly would probably be really interesting at following up metal gear solid 2 of like making people see everything but you know that's not the story they're telling so i just think it would still nothing would be lost really if gw was still gone Metal Gear yeah, Solid like, 3, The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I would have liked, too. Like, I, I, I would have liked it if, if, like, you know, Liquid was, was like, okay, I don't have GW. Mm-hmm. I don't need the people's opinion. I have the military. I have this. I have that. It's like, I'm I'm thinking of a much wider scope than what you all thought the max scope was, which was just GW in Metal Gear Solid 2. That's great. I'm five steps ahead of you guys. You know, I have three other AIs. Like, I thought that would have been 
a much cooler reveal of like oh shit like mm -hmm. here we are like oh man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it does Definitely. feel like having gw because i i don't remember how the rest of the game plays out uh like story and motivation wise but it does feel like he's like and we fixed it so it's not like why don't you just like reveal all this stuff to everybody like this public info now like they probably put that in there as an aside so that wouldn't be the path to victory for okay. our, our crew i'm assuming that's what it is if it is right. whatever fine but yeah um other than that we just get to see liquid do his little uh or sorry ocelot's finger gun thing that liquid never did uh we get to see him doing the imaginary <laughs> bangs it's ridiculous but i was loving it <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. one of the best cutscenes of all time. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I fucking was like, oh, yeah, fuck. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, so is that? Yeah, because that calls back to the hidden um, look things that Jack showed me on MGS3 of like, he would like, say, oh, snap. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I liked it. It's it's incredibly stupid, but I loved it. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of love him just doing the finger guns because like, he, <laughs> he doesn't need to have a gun anymore. The guns of the he's the patriot. Every other gun in the world is his right now. Like I think that's Damn. it's ridiculous, but it's that's very so fun cool. and very fun, like cool to yeah. watch happen. Uh, I really don't like Liquid Ocelot. <laughs> um, I think the the cutscene is really cool, and the fact of having he's like completely screwed at this point. And then he's like, nope, I'm not. You're completely screwed. Mm -hmm. I think that was cool. Um, you guys are right. Obviously, over the top. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh, please, <laughs> stop doing that. Um, and also, I just really don't understand Liquid Ocelot's motivation. Like, he just wants to be Big Boss, apparently. Um, I suppose I just don't really care for his character. He is over the top. He's boring to me. I don't really understand why he's doing everything he's doing, aside from he just wants to be powerful, which is the most boring motivation for any villain. And so yeah. I just don't care. I, I think because it, it still stems from MGS One, where Liquid's motivation was to realize Big Boss's dream of outer heaven, right? Because he's still talking about that. He's saying like, "I'll do yeah. this. I'll become the Patriots. I'll have say over everything, and then I'll finally make my outer heaven." Like, sure. So I buy that. This is a means to that end. Um he's clearly having a good time with it which i'm i'm sure is like um part of what you're going for but yeah so like did he use did he use big boss's body to get to this end and yeah. like that's already done just off screen yeah mm -hmm. okay okay got it okay cool okay that, i was just yeah, making sure that... yeah that's why he uh like discards it and he's essentially like i have no use for this anymore just yeah. throws it in the fire um, which physically seeing it you know i mean we we don't even talk about like when we see it in the truck but like i found that pretty disturbing like i'm not gonna lie like i found that like in a very deep way like very yeah very uncomfortable for me like i was like oh my fucking god like yeah, yeah it, that it, i played as him <laughs> last game <laughs> and this is where he's at mm -hmm. and you see his eyes moving you see the, you see the breathing yeah you, is he wearing an eye patch still i think he still has an eye patch on or maybe that's it's hilarious like the, the hole in his skull or something but yeah there's a, yeah I, a cover there I, I found that like i never thought we would be here 
Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I found the physical... Bu- yeah, I... I No, I, I never thought we'd be here. Like, it, yeah. I found it very disturbing. Very, very disturbing. Yeah. That was an very, very much with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's some horror shit. I saw that when just, I was too young. <laughs> and, like, yeah. he just chucks that motherfucker. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, dude. Uh, but, yeah. But before he does do the final kill on Big Boss, see a snake... And then, which I love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my favorite part of this cutscene is not Eva jumping on Big Boss's body. Like whatever, I understand it's weird. Uh, but Snake like protecting her from like, getting burned, and then um, Liquid's boat is driving away, and he's just like, "Oh my god!" Like that's the. I don't know. It's a small moment. I think it's cool. I like yeah. seeing him yell, and then Otacon's yeah. Mark II jumps on the boat and follows I like him, it too. tracks him. I like good it. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because that uh, it's like it's like snakes at his lowest point here, and he's like he's like just grasping at desperation to see where they're going. So mm-hmm. it's cool stuff. I really like it too because like it's like he doesn't need to explain. He's just like I like just fucking just do something. Like fuck, please help me. Like goddamn it, like shit's <laughs> really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not convinced by the Eva Big Boss relationship in this scene. Like yeah. the romance at all? Yeah, it seems. I wasn't crazy. I don't know. Yeah, because she, she. I feel like she's actually kind of a cool character in some of this scene, like earlier, or like you know, she's got the resistance going on, and she's 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 got a cool a cool thing going. But then in this scene, it's all like, no, <laughs> my my guy I had your babies. I don't. I even know who he was to her. Like that's they, I think that's the biggest part that we're missing. It's like I don't I never saw like a really deep romantic I saw some flirting, right? I know they had, you know, that night yeah. after MGS three. I mean during it like the end of the end of MGS three, but like yeah. it ends on like a kind of like betrayal that I don't think that you know, yeah. Snake knew at the time, like what the full scope was, but yeah, like I think I think that's the biggest thing. Where it's like I'm missing a big chunk of in between that maybe if we knew of this and we saw this romance building and happening, that like it would have paid a lot more and really been a lot more effective of Eva jumping on that body, no matter how disturbing Big Boss looks right there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will say that the end again, I think the end of Snake Eater makes it realistic enough that I'll buy it. I wish that we saw it happen, but she had no allegiances to the boss outside of the fact that she spared her when she knew what was going on. And in the end, like they definitely had some sort of thing between each other, even if it was just flirting. But I, I think like there's moments, I think in that final scene with the two of them in snake Eater, where there's like, you can feel that there's something between them. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it's not developed well, but like, there's definitely something there, and also the fact that, like, she just didn't kill him. Like, I don't know if that was fully just like, oh, I, I owe the boss. I think there was probably some nugget of, like, he's an okay guy to me, or something, and, like, the, also, I think she, like, maybe it was the voice direction, but in her, like, letter to Snake of, like, explaining everything, it sounded like she felt bad. Like, there was a genuine, like, thing that she felt like she was betraying in herself by doing all that stuff, but she owed, you know, she was there for China. So I'm not saying it's good the same way that I'm not saying a lot of the other, like, justifications we get for the PowerPoints in this week are good. 
but it's a leap that I could see us get to, and I will buy. I just wish we actually saw it instead of being told it. But where we leave off to where they're saying we went to, I buy. Yeah. Um, some parallels between Naomi and Eva in this game, I'm mm. starting to realize. Mm. Uh, down to the way they dress, obviously. <laughs> I was say, but just like the shirt, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just in the way that they are manipulating someone to uh, get some sort of advantage in some aspect or another. Um, I honestly forget what happens with Naomi, so I don't even know if I could spoil it if I even tried. Yeah. But um, you can see in this act alone, um, the interactions that Naomi has with Otacon are similar in a way to the interactions that Eva has with uh, Naked Snake. Um, yeah. It's really all I can say about that because I don't really... That's it's very superficial in my mind, but uh, it's it seems like that was purposeful in this act. Also, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like another female could probably how i phrase this like i could probably be manipulated in a way that i don't think has to involve like sex you know and like their body you know what i'm saying and like a form of like seduction to get me to or get like a, like another person to do something that they would want them to do or like for some specific goal. Like I feel like there are other means and like I find it like kind of I don't know, just just like I don't think it's that necessary to like have Naomi, you know, try to heavily allude to a seduction. Again, maybe they could have played Uno in that helicopter. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But probably not. Right? Like I don't know. I I think there are other ways that you could use these female protagonist that you don't have to just oh yeah the only way to get this woman to do um to to like enable a man to do something is through sex right i don't know like maybe maybe that's too far like maybe i'm reading too deep into it but like i don't know i just felt like oh man like okay i just thought it was weird like with naomi and the whole Otagon thing um uh yeah i don't know I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you're, I think you're right because I think Kazuma is really bad at writing women. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's go ahead, Omar. No, uh, I mean I, he sees them as sex objects. I feel like all the time, right? Like, yeah, yep. It's either that or a mother. And in this act alone, I like I. This is why I asked about Naomi at the start of like she's this now too because she's acting as a mom to Sunny, like, mm. right. Like, she's giving her tips. She's asking about her mother. She's like... Us girls have to look our best. Yeah, like... Kojima knows how to write a heavily sexualized woman and a mother. And that is it. And I don't even think he knows how to write them. He just writes that, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Because also, like, Naomi... In the first game, she was nowhere near the character she is right now, I think. Um, but yeah, like... He was British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in this act, like you're, uh, you're saying, Kevin and Omar, like she's sexualized. Like she does have motherly coding characteristics towards Sunny. And then the other character who's returning here, Eva, the sex character from three. Now she's a mother. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. That was a uh, that was my issue with the boss in Metal Gear Solid Three, where like she she had the potential be, to be a very strong character, but at the end of the day, 
a lot of it was her. <laughs> it was like what I mentioned about Black Widow in Avengers uh, Age of Ultron saying like she was a monster because she couldn't have kids. Like you got the same uh, vibes from the boss in Metal Gear Solid 3, which is really unfortunate. Um, and yeah, also o- Olga, uh, a lot of her character was her being pregnant and being a mother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a trend and it's not good. Yeah. Um, but we do leave off. Uh, oh, go ahead, Omar. No, I have one thing I need to bring up from the first act that we got revealed in this game. In sure. this act, it's a major reveal. Okay, you don't mind me saying it right now? Go for it. Oh, no. All I, right. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. So, in the first scene where Sunny's cracking the eggs, uh, she's going, uh, solid liquid. Oh, solid. This didn't show up today. We forgot to mention that there's a shot of the chickens. Those names are the names of the chickens. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh-huh. You're right. The solid is didn't lay the egg. Yeah. That was all. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Did you write that on the card, Kevin? You might want to tear that one. No, I, I, yeah, no, I didn't. But <laughs> damn it, <laughs> Christian, was that what oh, you thought? No, I thought you were going to talk about uh, the Johnny unmasking. Oh fuck! Oh yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's that hot. was cool. Yeah. Very, very handsome gentleman. I was like, yeah. all right, then, okay, yeah. King, go off. Yeah, I don't know. You need to hide that face, King. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would probably flaunt that a little bit more. You know, definitely, definitely. That, um, I thought that was interesting. Um, wait, damn it. There's one more thing I wanted to say before. Oh, I have I a question. I don't know if but you yeah, speak French. What was the raison d'être? Right what I, it was cool. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. But what is it? <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't speak French. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry, my bad. Um. Oh, another thing. Like, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to somehow explain that Naomi is still a good person after all this. Again, like quadruple. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like okay, all right. We'll see. We'll 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 see how this goes. If I actually accept it, not that like I'm like the fucking like not that I have to accept right, everything, right, right. Or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if it works for me, I'm gonna be pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that goes. Um, one thing I want to ask because we get uh pretty much full blown confirmation uh in an interaction with uh Eva and Liquid is that Ocelot is completely gone. And I want to ask the panel this. Do we feel like Ocelot's kind of a tragic character, maybe? Because I feel like Ocelot, at least from what we've seen so far, is a really cool character. I like Ocelot a lot. And seeing him sort of just constantly be trying to... Like, maybe he's not the best person, and maybe he's not, like, fighting for the right thing. But he's very loyal He's right there for Big Boss the entire time. He believed in the ideas of the the boss and Big Boss. And he was trying so hard for so many years to just maintain that loyalty. And then he gets immediately taken over by his best friend's son. And he's he's completely far gone at this point. And he has no way to get around that. Because she calls out to him. She says, like, Adam in, like, a last-ditch thing. And he just... He's like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm... What is this apple? Like, who are you? <laughs> like... <laughs> Do you feel differently? Uh, definitely. I think, well, I think, um, you know, uh, it was kind of hard to get a grasp of what Ocelot 
is or was, I feel like, um, in a lot of those games. But definitely now that you see some of the the fact of how much he idolized Big Boss to now, oh, he's not even there anymore, right? It's Liquid controlling him. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... See where you're getting at, I guess. Yeah, and we'll see if that, you know, grows at all in anything, but, um... Yeah, Ocelot in this playthrough, because, th- like, I think he's a fun villain, too, and he's just a, a good antagonist, so, like, seeing more of Ocelot, especially after 3, and seeing the context here, and just the fact that he's so far, like, he's basically dead... Um, I think he's maybe one of my favorite characters in the series in this playthrough so far. But just thought I'd check in. I realized something too late. I don't know if you also realized this way earlier than me, but uh, the jacket Ocelot is wearing in this is the jacket Liquid wears in Metal Gear Solid, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, that took me a while to get. I was like, whoa. Didn't connect that. Why was Akiba okay? when uh so when uh i think i I think they they affected the nail machines within everyone i think if i was reading that correctly i assume it was nano machine like messing with i think right so why was akiba not does he not have nail machines uh i don't think the game has fully explained that answer yet so okay Unless I, I'm wrong. I, I think Meryl teases something earlier. Like, I think she's talking about how the nano machines like, amplify the best characteristics of each member in her unit. And then Snake's like, what about him? Like, what's special about him? Or something like that. And then Meryl, like, sort of just trails off. Because, like, she's saying that, like, her crew is, like, specialties and different things. So, like, um... Because I believe the last time this happened also, Akiba was, like, not affected like he's the one who saved snake right in act one yeah so yeah maybe he's just a people person and that's amplified when people are in, in need as <laughs> by the nano machines i don't know his uh, attribute is personability yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i keep bringing up stuff i forgot or forget to mention but like the scene where uh those two guys and the merrill's troop are down yeah. and they're dying and they're like <laughs> we were great squad mates no, we were great friends. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, would have loved to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't convinced. So, oh. Dave Fanoy. <laughs> we leave off. The final thing we have here is um, Snake now burned. Um, he is with Eva in her final moments. I forget exactly what she says. She's speaking in, like, spy terms again. She's, she's saying, like, um, to eradicate it all, the shadow always exists if the light is there. You, if she's speaking Star Wars or some shit. Yeah, like, she's like, to wipe out, to, uh, you are a shadow living in the light. Yeah, it's where fuck? everything begins to remove the shadow, you have to... Put out the this, light and this is out... Square Enix talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, Save the rebellion. Save yeah. the trees. <laughs> like some bullshit. I think she says like the final word. I think she leaves on is like you have to extinguish the light to get rid of the shadow, but doing that will also get rid of you. I keep mentioning it, but actually, is is it Kingdom Hearts? Like, is that what it is? Kingdom Hearts is never that dumb. Okay. <laughs> uh, Respect. I hear different, but carry on. I played them all, Kevin. 
I, think I know I you know. have. I know. You, no, no. I, I, I'm totally not combating you. Totally not combating you. But God, Christian, you're so feisty today. <laughs> well, we, that's where we leave off, Kevin. So, like, where do you think we're going next? Like, we have a couple acts left. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is very interesting. Um, I think that the. I'm pretty convinced that Snake is gonna die here, like. I think that that last line was like, I think that was Snake coming to terms with, hey, this is my final mission. Things are very fucked. Um, and I'm probably not going to make it, you know. But if that means that the world can live on, you know, after this, not under the rule of SOP, so be it, you know, if like. You know, so so I think I think that's what we're on. I think we're on like a collision course, if you will, that will fix everything, but it is going to kill Snake. For sure. For sure. I think I think I think that's where I'm at. I think we're 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 on like a spoilers for Red Dead 2. I'll give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Like a like like a John no, not John, excuse me. Fuck me. Why why am I forgetting his name? Arthur Morgan. Thank you, Arthur Morgan. How how dare I? Arthur Morgan descent of like the marking of that first cop. It's like from there, it's it is the last remaining weeks of this man's life, you know. Um, and and he's got a lot of things to tie up, a lot of things to do, and he eventually does it, and it ends in his death, you know. So I think it's a similar vein here, where like I think that burn is like the mark of like all right. Things are tainted. Things will never go back. This is how it was. I know, like, it, it, they didn't indicate any reversal of, like, fixing Snake, you know? As far as I'm aware, like, it seemed like it was pretty definite. And it was pretty, like, all right, no, you do have a finite of time here. You are on a clock. And now it's, like, that clock, I think, moved is, is going to be moving a little bit faster from, like, Snake's perspective, you know? So mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's where I'm at. I think that's where that... That's what that line meant to me, at least. Very nice. Um, well, is there anything we haven't touched on from this week that we want to throw out there to talk about a little bit? If not, I think it's time to give final thoughts and predictions. Going once. Sounds good. Twice. I think we're all good. All right. So uh, we know the way we wrap up. Start with Omar. Let's hear final thoughts for this week's play segment expectations for next week and any plugs i really like the way this act looked i think that's my favorite part about it i think i think it's fun seeing that uh eastern europe and i don't know the mood gets it right uh predictions i don't know Uh, i'm excited i guess it's a good ride so far so Mm -hmm. we'll see uh plugging my twitch channel again ohms a chef i'm playing old games I'm still part of playing Resident Evil 4. I can't stop. It's a good one. That's it. Did I say the name of the channel? It's Ohms the Chef. Sorry. It's also linked. All the links for everything in the description. Thank you. Uh, Jack, final thoughts? Things to look forward to? And plugs? Yeah. um, This is probably my least favorite act in the game so far. Um, I think it's a lull. And the way that we play this, sometimes I feel it can impact the enjoyment of the Metal Gear games. Um, but I, f- I feel like MGS4 is a, a good game to separate via Axe. 
Um, this just happens to be the one that is lacking in terms of um, engaging gameplay, and uh, there's some very baffling decisions story-wise that I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, but yeah, um, I agree with uh, Omar. I really liked the setting of this, and like I said uh, in the past couple of weeks, I really like how this game in particular chooses to not be set in one particular area and goes to um, different places around the world. It does feel like an Indiana Jones type of game or Uncharted in a lot of ways. And I really appreciate about that uh, about this game. Um, and yeah, uh, I believe I'm going to jump into Act 4 pretty much as soon as I can. So uh, you can follow me on social media at FascinatedJack. Um, and Christian and I have a uh, Marvel's Avengers slash MCU podcast called Excelsior, which you can find on youtube.com slash joyclicks or on podcast services of your choice. Very nice. Uh, this week, I, I'll echo great looking environment. It was really refreshing and cool to see Snake in like an urban setting uh, as opposed to just all the battlefields. Um, very cool use of the environment this week and visually very, very good. Uh, more than anything, it makes me want Metal Gear Solid Zero. Uh, it's just to explain all the stuff, because there is some really cool stuff that they tell me about, and I'd, I would love to see that, but, um, you know, maybe maybe somebody ponies up and buys the rights and we get that one day. Uh, as far as next week, I'm excited. I remember what's next. Very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to talking about it. Uh, I'm probably going to dive in as soon as I can as well because I think it's a chunky one and um, yeah you can follow me on Twitch Twitter, TikTok, Chun2D2 as well as here youtube.com slash joyclicks on uh, our Marvel podcast Excelsior, Jedi Knights for Star Wars and Gamescast with Kevin so uh, Kevin final thoughts, predictions plugs yeah um, overall like I I didn't love this act gameplay wise i do think like there's a lot of really cool settings really cool premise i love the aspect of like uh you know everyone here said it but like you know having snake in a city environment you know that i found was very interesting i love the clock tower fight just as a premise i like the chase as a premise but like gameplay wise not as fun not as intriguing it is what it is um definitely the weakest act so far for sure um i am yeah i'm yeah this game's story does take turns that i'm not sure how i feel you know like it is kind of kind of interesting you know i have been saying there's no way this game is bad uh (laughs) you know this this game definitely uh is, is maybe a little bit shaky for sure I'm still enjoying it. I'm still loving it for sure. Um, but yeah, they're, they're starting to see a little bit more of like the sour amongst the sweetness, you know, overall. Um, but I'm still enjoying it. Uh, I wonder if Snake covers his burn or that's just a thing that just is there. Pretty cool. Interesting choice, but cool. Uh, but yeah, so I think predictions going forward i think that snake is on a collision course you know and like he i think we're we're gonna see a lot dire of a snake i think we're gonna see a snake that 
is a little bit more maybe rash, maybe um, you know, is a little bit desperate in some ways. I think that could be a interesting turn for his character for sure. Um, but it definitely still Snake, which just has elements of like you know a bit of like trauma, if you will, of like how bad stuff went down uh, at the end of at the end of this act. You know, like it definitely felt like a bit of like an Empire Strikes Back type vibe. You know, I'm like oh man, like there's this a lot of a lot of that stuff happened. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you can follow me. Use the comments to place in source. Given that Act Four seems to be chunky, probably going to be two streams. Most likely going to be two streams. So I'll have more details on that on Twitter at PSSourceVids. Um, you can catch up on a ton of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart as of this recording. We're like an hour and like 15 minutes away from seeing some more gameplay from that game. Very, very excited for that on Say a Play. You can catch my thoughts and Tajay's thoughts on Road to, Road to Rift Apart podcast services and YouTube as well uh, for all that. And we got some Returnal coming up tonight. Very excited for Returnal. Definitely hear my thoughts on that. Uh, and our impressions on Safe Slot Podcast as well with me and Arachnite for sure. And yeah, I got a, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not the boasting type, but you know, I got Rivet's name right. That's cool, you know. Uh, and uh, we did a breakdown of the trailer, which I definitely expect a breakdown of the State of Play gameplay for sure as well. So. A lot of a lot of PlayStation stuff going on on the channel for sure. So definitely keep it locked there. Very nice. Well, that is Act Three, Third Son. Next week, uh, we will be back going over a beefy Act Four. So prep for that. And until then, is there a? I got. I got one. Let's hear it, Jeff. Oh hell yeah! Aragon.